Hello and welcome to the back page of Video Games Podcast. I'm Sammy Roberts. I'm joined as ever by Matthew Castle. Hello. Matthew, uh, how is your your first week of 2022 been? All good on your side? Yeah, it's all been fine. I'm kind of feeling I'm feeling quite wistful. Oh. Because I've just read The Making of Dazed and Confused as like an oral history book that was released last year a couple of years ago and reading all this nostalgia for making this film uh, probably combined with us returning to Wii period has brought up like some end gamer memories um so i'm feeling quite kind of quite nostalgic quite wistful yeah i guess we've passed the 15 year mark of you moving to bath right to uh to work on end gamer is that right uh, it'd be close to yeah. It was October two thousand and six. So yeah, so we have yeah. But that's yeah. The th- I'm not I'm not going to compare my experiences making End Gamer to the cast of Days and Confused making a film which went on to be a cult hit. But some of their, uh, you know, even the people who've gone on to like massive things are like, oh man, that was like the best thing I ever did. And I sort of still sort of feel that way about End Gamer, and that's what that was where the. The wistfulness was coming from. Fair enough. What an absolute diss to uh, OXM magazine and uh, and this podcast, frankly. Well, but, um... this podcast is also great. <laughs> I'm only joking. Well, but we're talking about like you know Ben Affleck when he's like, I was never happier than when I made Dazed and Confused, and you think all the cool stuff Ben Affleck's done since. You know, I don't think that's a diss on Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> I think he's just a bit like up and down with the things that he finds exciting in his life. Like, um, I don't know. I imagine he seems to be quite enjoying himself just being. Uh, he's still a celebrity who's in tabloid headlines in his like late forties, getting off with Jennifer Lopez on a boat or whatever. So yeah, it's like, there is that. But yeah. it's just it's just funny that back then in his very early career, he just kept playing like horrible bullies and things. Yeah. And was really worried that that's how people kind of perceived him, which has sort of inspired him to make him this very nice, supportive, best friend in Goodwill Hunting. Well, that's what he says in this book anyway. There's quite a good anecdote where he, in the film, I don't know if you've seen Days and Confused, but he gets splattered with paint at one point and the crew all cheer because they all thought he was an asshole. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Our equivalent of that was me losing the N64 draft, Matthew, and all our <laughs> listeners like pointing and laughing at me. Um, <laughs> it's exactly the same. Um, yeah, yeah, that's cool. I'll, uh, I don't think I have seen that film actually. It's one of those films I've had on DVD and shrink wrap for about ten years. So um, yeah, I was yeah. given a copy of it by uh, Martin Kitts on Endgamer magazine. So another Endgamer connection. He was like, "This is one of my favourite films. Check it out." And it became one of my favourite films. So oh. well, there you go. That that is wistful. Um, yeah, good stuff. How has your first week been back? Yeah, very good, thank you. Just sort of um, prepping stuff for the rest of the year in my day job. Um, which I don't talk about here, of course. <laughs> uh, but yeah, lots of exciting stuff going on. I'm nice. excited about the year ahead. Yeah, it's been good. Um, it's exciting coming back to a, a different job than you know what you're kind of used to, and that, mm. that's very much it. Every week, I kind of learn a bunch of new stuff, and um, onwards and upwards. It's uh, it's all good. It should be a good year. Um, it's um, yeah. I, I'm think What else have I done this week? I've um, I completed Metroid Dread, Matthew. Um, oh, congrats. Yeah, thank you. It took me about only took me about an hour in the end to beat the final boss, which I thought was not too bad. He, his second stage seemed like an absolute fucker, and then like like everything in Metroid Dread, you you figure out exactly how to sort of circumnavigate it, and then yeah, is that the, last, the flying one? Yeah, yeah, we're flying around, and you have to slide under his thing. The only thing that really sucks in that phase is his like three sixty degree can- laser cannon thing. Um, just because I find the the Samus like double jump thing is isn't always reliable or at least like the timing of it's specific enough that i mess it up sometimes but right. um 
I've otherwise didn't find the boss too unreasonable. I only had to do that third phase twice actually to beat it. So um, that's pretty good. Um, oh, that's yeah. good. I think most people get get nuked by the sun if they get nuked by anything when he yeah. sort of puts up that big orangey projectile. Yeah, that does suck. And um, I did call him a bird motherfucker at one time at one point <laughs> um, while I was playing it, but actually didn't find it too bad. Um, thought it was like all the bosses in the game. Thought it was pretty fair. And um, very happy to have it ticked off. So I'm going to go back and play a bunch more Metroid games, Matthew, for nice. uh, an episode we got planned later in the year, which should be good. Maybe we should do that in time for the uh, Metroid Prime 20th anniversary. That might be good. Um, mm, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's good. To, uh, we put out that list of some potential episodes. Well, not potential episodes we have got coming up later in the year. It was nice to see people were kind of pumped for them as well. Yeah, for sure. So if you um, yeah go to uh, Backpage Pod on Twitter, you can see those. Um, obviously, with this episode, I'm going to pin the um, the poll up. But after that, I'll, I'll re-pin the, um, the list of episodes for this year so people can kind of get at a, a glance anytime they want to dip in and see what we've got coming up. So, um, yeah, that was exciting, Matthew. Going to that pub full of teenagers and coming up with a plan of podcasts the year. Oh, that man, that was, that was not a, a very comforting experience. They were so loud. They were like the loudest teenagers I've ever heard. Yeah, and it's like you forget that the only people who uh, aren't like panicky about COVID are people who it won't kill, and so they don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> just like going around screaming. Yeah, just and it was literally just, yeah. screaming COVID in each other's faces. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we were such old men <laughs> grumbling away at this pub. Yeah, I mean, I had a pint of Diet Coke, and you very slowly drank one pint of beer, and I um, <laughs> and I bought a packet of Chris to share it at one point. That's the vibe we have in our thirties. But um... <laughs> so, Matthew, we come to another draft. This is going to be a good year for drafts. We've got a bunch of them planned out over the next like three months. You got this one. We've got a Game Pass competitor draft coming in February, which will be really fun. That'll that will see the return of uh, Big Sammy Holdings and Matthew Castle Productions. Mm-hmm. And in March, we've got the PS Vita draft to, ma- uh, to mark the uh, console's 10th anniversary. So lots of cool stuff coming up. Um, Matthew, though, today is the Wii draft. So I was curious how you're feeling about this one, because I've been really excited about it preparing. I am excited. I mean, there's so much potential for this to go horribly wrong, because I have, you know, a strange relationship with the Wii in that... You know, I'm deeply attached to some stuff other people aren't attached, and having covered it so closely, I have a, just a generally s- slightly different relationship with that machine. And you know, I feel like I've seen some weirder corners of it, and trying to work out where to go with this particular machine, whether to kind of, you know, play the hits or make something a bit more interesting that I feel is maybe more reflective of of the overall Wii experience. I don't know, it's been it's been difficult to place it. Yeah, I sort of like this one's become a bit more like um how I approached the N sixty four and PS two drafts rather than the Xbox versus GameCube one where I don't think I've really done any pandering to people. I think I've only picked stuff that I'm interested in that I okay, care about. That's good. Um, Because I thought, like, maybe we just needed a soft reset of the drafting process after the last couple. Um, (laughs) And so um, this one as well, because obviously this is your home turf as well. It doesn't really benefit me to just go around trying to steal all the games I think you'll pick, just because I wouldn't have anything interesting to say about them, and it'll just be all strategy. Um, (laughs) So I thought I'd just pick 10 games that I think represent my experience of the Wii, and that I think Uh I would like to revisit if I had a Wii Mini, which of course Mm. is the point of these drafts, is to uh, create a kind of um, two pretend mini consoles um, of 10 games each, and then like, um, but accumulatively we're building up uh, one 20 game uh, mini console. That's always confusing when I explain it, but you know, 
people are just voting on the games that they um they like more than the more than the other so yeah so the Wii a really interesting console to revisit so Matthew let's um let's go into like the Wii itself then we'll have a, a little bit of a, a brief kind of preamble here about the um the legacy of the Wii and the Wii's history um Matthew do you remember how you felt about the Wii before you joined Endgamer in 2006 what was the experience of reading about it like after the GameCube uh, was um had been dominating the last few years for Nintendo. To be honest, it's I would say it's it's a it, unhelpfully a period of time where I was maybe following things less closely just because um for the first half of 2006 I was trying desperately not to like fail my degree. I had my finals coming up in whatever April end of April May and so I was I really I've never done so much like academic work as I did in the first half of that year where maybe the kind of transition was sort of happening and then after that I went straight into like job hunt mode so it's kind of weird like I I feel like in the direct run-up you know I was keeping an eye on it I remember when it got renamed Wii I remember all the hilarious bants about that but it definitely felt like when I got that job at Endgamer, I had to do just like a shit ton of blitzing Wii stuff just to get get up to get up to speed with it. Which is why I said it's an unhelpful answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was me joining PC Gamer in 2013, so I understand. Um, so yes, you were like I- googling what is a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's more that like I hadn't had a powerful PC for like seven years, so it was just um, oh shit, I better play Gone Home and StarCraft Two, <laughs> um, right? So yeah, right. that that side of things. But um, yeah, so my my memory of Nintendo around this time is this is the classic everyone underestimating Nintendo times of like people don't believe the DS is going to be a hit. They think that's a kind of dumb idea, the two screens. Um, mm. and, and then the Wii, obviously the name, people kind of making fun of that in a very um, media of the time kind of way uh, that wasn't particularly funny or witty. Um, but, you know, I, I think like, I don't think I really had either on my radar that much just because I was so certain that PlayStation is where my head was at at the time and Xbox. The um, So Nintendo wasn't massively on my radar. Uh, the Wii, though, I, I kind of like... I thought that the first two years of it just seemed so, so strong. And, like, um, I wasn't really that bothered by the whole mainstream success side of it that would follow. But, um, no, I don't know. I thought the fact that it launched with a Zelda was very strong. Um, Mario came along. Mario was the the game that got me to pick up a Wii in 2007. Like, um, I I just uh, saw it in, like, a bundle in HMV in Gunwolf Keys, where um, Climax Studios is based. (laughs) Sorry, I just always (laughs) find that so funny that 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 big... (laughs) You love your Gunwolf Keys, Matt. (laughs) I just think Gunwolf Keys is just, I know, it's just quite, just quite funny. Ulrika Johnson has an apartment there. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's a funny old place. Um, yeah, so I, I bought, I bought it, and I was, um, I was very impressed with it for for a little while, and I did also use it to pick up a lot of GameCube games I hadn't um, previously mm. played. So a big part of my Wii experience was playing like Rogue Leader for the first time, you know. Right, or, right. Um, yeah, so, it's. I definitely remember seeing all the promotional videos that summer before and. This was like before anyone had gone hands on, so they're selling you like the fantasy or the best idea of what the Wii is. And obviously, once you got it, it became quickly quite obvious. It came obvious quite quickly, rather, like what the remote was actually capable of. You know, it's a bit like where you have that sort of pre release. It's like a pre-honeymoon period that you get with some new tech. Connect had it as well, where you're like, wow, I can, you know, I'm going to have to scan in my cat, and then my cat will be in Fable or something. And you're like, no, not really. 
it was the same there, you know, this was where you saw the the videos of models playing Red Steel, and you were like, holy shit, this is going to be like one-to-one swordplay, I can't wait. And obviously <laughs> the Wii wasn't that, so there was there was this sort of over-excitement maybe about the potential of it, but I still think what actually released was good enough and convincing enough that I didn't feel like there was a, a, a mega backlash to, oh, you oversold it. I, you know, I can remember the second day of the job, I went to Nintendo, uh, I think their, their headquarters were actually in Slough at the time, they, they hadn't gone to Windsor yet, with uh, Mark Green, the editor, and it was just a preview day to play like all the Wii demos they had. Maybe they were like the E3 demos, I can't really remember, but there was a, and it was just us two in like a room with about 15 Wii pods, and we just played everything. And in that day, it was like an instant education to kind of what the Wii was, what it was going to be capable of. And I came out like really excited. Obviously I was mega pumped because it was the second day of like a dream job, but also feeling, oh yeah, like I'm really, really up for covering all this stuff. You know, even the stuff which was a bit shit, we were still excited by. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, I think that sort of on its like surface, your first few experiences with it, like you don't really think too much about the limitations. You play things like Wii Sports and, you understand the simple appeal of the motion control, and that's um, that's perfectly fine. I think it only comes like maybe later on when you're thinking, what are the really interesting uses of this? And like third party developers aren't really making as much use of it. And then um, you know, Wii Motion Plus comes along eventually, and so you do get that one to one kind of control. But then you don't get that many games that take advantage of it. Yeah. So it's it it's tough. But you know, the legacy of the Wii. Um, in a large part, I think can be seen in like um, using the Oculus Quest Two as as I am right now, like playing um, a really really good boxing game with these kind of like motion controllers, and also like a table tennis game. And like this is actually in VR, you can have these really enhanced version of the experiences the Wii was giving you. But like maybe the Wii needed to come first to get us to that point. Like um, mm. you can still see the legacy of the console. And it's not just grounded in like um, making games that like, you know, pe- members of your family might want to play, which I think is often how it's kind of like um, pigeonholed these days. Mm. So Matthew, I suppose then like um, we've ca- chatted about the Wii a lot over the last few episodes. Part of the reason we want to do the, the Wii draft now is because um, we've ra- we've basically ran gone out of the Wii era in our best games of the different years episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been chatting about it a lot. Um, what's your take on the week's legacy now? Going back particularly for this episode, in quite a granular fashion year by year, there are long stretches of quite bad things and there are issues after issues of Endgamer where all the review games are terrible and I don't really remember those times because whenever the Wii kind of slumped the DS always took up the slack taken in isolation I still think it delivered some absolutely amazing games I think it's got a lot of like underrated and hidden gems like it's quite a strange machine in that you know the 10 out of 10s broke through and everyone kind of played them but there was definitely like a tier of like weird ass shit that people don't necessarily like remember or know about maybe in the same way actually that when we did the xbox draft by the time we got to the end of it i was like oh yeah i had forgotten all those xbox things that you'd probably have kept more of an eye on if you'd been covering it um firsthand so i do love this machine i do i do love its library but it's maybe not quite as mainstream as i remembered it my sort of take on the wii sort of legacy is that like um i do think it has i personally think it has a tiny handful of true classics Mm. But I think that the console's like 
hidden strength is that that second tier of eight out of tens is like is massive. There's loads of them. Um, I think that when I was kind of coming up with games for this draft, there were actually about thirty games I would have considered putting in there. Which um, that's pretty good. That's like you know not too far off what the PS2 my kind of PS2 picks were. Now I think the PS2 has a lot more kind of like out and out classics with no caveats than the Wii does. But that kind of like range of eight out of ten stuff is really interesting. I think it makes it a really good console to collect for these days because you can go and pick up some of these games for like six or seven quid. The Wii hasn't been hit quite as badly as the GameCube um, when it comes to or the DS when it comes to kind of collecting games and the prices going up um mm. so it means you can still hoover up loads of interesting stuff for quite quite cheaply and um obviously uh, you know as um as you run your kind of like um black market of used games matthew based on recommendations you make on this podcast <laughs> um the you know the price of zach and wiki can fluctuate depending on um what's going on that week so yeah i think that's where it's underrated like um i think that it's kind of it's still thought of as a casual console but there is actually like a massive range of stuff i think that so much i think of like the wii's reputation would have been changed if they made a hd version of that console but i Mm. think that to a lot of people who are getting shiny you know xbox graphics at the time and playing online the wii just plugging plugging into your hd tv and looking blurry as fuck was just a massive like obstacle (laughs) i Um, guess you know i i just have such clear memories of sitting in the games cage which was the area of future games where we we used to share with the psm uh three and games master and we each had a console set up with all our machines and you know, it was always me, Andy Kelly, and Rory on Games Master, and they'd be playing some like HD Wonderment, and we had this huge ass CRT still at the end, which had yogurt spilt on it. <laughs> um, I always remember it had these horrible yogurty stains. We used to call it everything was played in Yogo Vision. You know, occasionally I just remember like Tim Clark on official PlayStation coming in, just looking what I was playing, just shaking his head, <laughs> and then walking out again. Um, but yeah, I, I was I was still I was still fond of it. You are right on HD TVs, it looked like ass, but I still had like I had a CRT at home just for my Wii. So I think that was like that's just such a massive obstacle to people <laughs> yeah. to to like journalists taking it seriously. Even like I think I said this before, but imagine I don't remember many people except for like Ashley Day, Simon Miller <laughs> taking the Wii seriously, um, right? And yeah, so I think that it just it just didn't help. Um, that is funny though. Also, like I suppose uh, to your point there about Yogo Vision and playing shit games in the games cage, <laughs> this is a console with a lot of shovelware. That's definitely true. Like uh, that's a massive part of its catalog. I'd say once you get out of the the true classics and this tier of eight out of tens, it quickly goes worthless. There's not a lot of like debate outside of those games we just had the worst version of everything it's a bit like ps2 in its dying days you know you get like the laziest fifa you get all the movie tie-ins but they're terrible you get all the wrestling and sports games but they're terrible and they were really really bad i mean i I always remember the simpsons game on wii it was it was so shit it was so budget and rough and just crap and unpleasant to play and like just that stuff used to really weigh you down having to review all that <laughs> it's it's pretty bleak some of it <laughs> i played the simpsons game on ps2 actually and it made me feel sick um just like to look at like it was and i assume it was just the same game but without motion controls so um yeah, yeah I, I feel you on that um yeah it's it's true there's a lot of like toilet on there but um 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, um, I think that when you look back, though, you can just kind of look, you can just curate a nice little library of classics and kind yeah. of appreciate appreciate the Wii a little bit more. You know, one area where I actually think it's weaker than I remember is as a multiplayer machine. Weirdly, there are a couple of things we played a lot of in the office, like when Smash Brothers Brawl came out. Um, I played loads of that with Rich Stanton. We used to get told off for getting too too excited at lunch, which I always thought was deeply unfair because the Pez boys were like roaring at the office basically every lunchtime, every you know day I was there. But for some reason, it was our Smash Brothers banter that that kind of broke through and annoyed the publishers, <laughs> which was unfair. But um, you know, outside of that. Maybe it's because they were trying to push into online a bit. Like there was definitely less local multiplayer in the office. Like the like we never played Mario Kart in the office ever. You know, once it was out, we played it for maybe a week, and then we were like, nah. You know, my uh, so many of my memories of GameCube, for example, is is the multiplayer element. And there's there's nothing about we. I think that makes it like less multiplayer friendly. But for whatever reason, it just it just didn't like register as much. I found there's a multiplayer category in this draft and i was like kind of yikes i don't really like any of these or i don't care for them now i don't have any happy memories so that's quite an un-nintendo thing to have happened yeah i sort of i didn't play a massive amount of multiplayer like um i don't yeah i don't think that the i don't know if it has a reputation for that or not i suppose that we sports means that it does have a reputation of being a multiplayer console but yeah it's the fact you had to buy a remote and a separate nunchuck i think that may be the key to it because if you wanted to play four player anything you know there are very few games that were remote only you know a remote and a nunchuck i mean that's i don't know that was probably like 60 quid or something and you're like no no that's okay i just you know it's in the same way that i don't really know i don't see much or i'm not i'm definitely not involved in any split screen multiplayer these days because I just feel like we're all priced out of the market by how expensive all the controllers are. But well, you say that, but I feel like the extension of the um, the intent of um, Wii multiplayer is seen in the Switch, where you have these two detachable controllers, where you can just put prop up your Switch on like a, a surface and play a bit of split screen multiplayer with a friend. Um, yeah, but that, but then that's because the the controls, you know, it, every Switch comes with two controllers, which is just yeah. such a good pitch for it. Um, I don't know. I just felt they gouged us a bit. On Wii. Yeah, it also didn't help, of course. We covered this before, but like there were just a mountain of peripherals and plastic rubbish, oh. um, and it doesn't didn't really add any value to the uh, to the <laughs> console apart from the Motion Plus, of course. Any thoughts on that, Matthew? The Motion Plus was key to a couple of like truly great games, but it also it just came very late, and it felt slightly apologetic. Like, oh, okay, this is what this should have always have done. It didn't like spur like a huge generation of incredible motion games. They didn't have the culture of updating older games to work with it. Like today, people are better at going. We've released this thing. We'll go back and like tinker with our back catalogue to make that feel more valuable. But there was none of that back then, and it just again just felt very expensive you know Wii Sports Resort absolutely amazing in multiplayer but four motion plus dongles I mean yikes that's more expensive than the console that's insane just a very bitty expensive machine and it felt that way even to us who had basically free access to whatever we wanted as part of the magazine the person at home is never going to buy this you know yeah that's uh, that's fair um yeah very honest assessment there Matthew um, but uh, th- th- this isn't me railing on the Wii. Don't get me wrong. I really love it, and I really love its games. But there was a lot of stuff around it where you were like, eh, 
Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there are other things I like about the Wii too, like the um uh, the virtual console at the time seemed really exciting. Um yeah. just because even though like the library wasn't that deep and uh, classic Nintendo took ages to update it with things, but um I think like building up a library of older games on there was really exciting. Um mm-hmm. that was like that was really cool to do for the first time playing games like um uh Super Mario RPG and um obviously Sin and Punishment and you know stuff that hadn't shipped to the UK before there weren't that many of them but there were enough to make that an enticing kind of like um extra with the console definitely um, yeah so the yeah general, the, like the general attitude of how the machine functioned in terms of like the weird music and all the different apps and you know that stuff really resonated with people you know you still to this day get all the riffs on the Wii Shop music and you know the Miis and the, it was you know it was very it was very like characterful and playful in a way that Nintendo maybe dialed some of that back with Switch maybe because they went so big on it in Wii U and like Miiverse and Mii Plaza and all that stuff didn't like entirely well I didn't no, actually say it didn't land is unfair I don't think it landed perfectly just it didn't have the the console base to kind of enter the kind of you know the, the bigger pop culture discussion in the way that I think the Wii did and now the Switch by comparison is quite kind of stripped back quite sensible yeah but like, also the games are really fucking good. Like the switches, is this like the? Are we living in like a peak Nintendo era, Matthew? It feels like it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But a lot of this is certain failures had to happen for this. I think the Switch has definitely benefited from basically just also having the Wii U library and things like that. So mm. um, that's actually another side thing that's very difficult with this draft is a lot of the Wii Wii's best games are available either better elsewhere or they just have sequels that absolutely trounce them that makes it quite hard to pick as well yeah for sure um yeah in fact matthew with that like i've got one more question then then we should get to drafting i reckon yeah but like um so do you remember how the end gamer team felt about the wii when the generation was over do you remember what the vibe was about it once it was done and the wii u came out when we say the end gamer team unfortunately that by that point like most people have been made redundant from the team which is a bit right. sad so the end of the console felt like the end of end gamer a bit because that's when it became nintendo gamer which obviously only lasted until i don't think N- nintendo gamer even had crossover with the wii u being out i think it shut down just before it when we redesigned nintendo gamer we obviously had there was still loads of wii in the mag um it was maybe more like predominantly 3ds but doing things like like doing the directory in the back section of the mag and really basically putting a kind of full stop on like these are the definitive games these are the games we love like it was definitely quite a reflective period because of that because we were making that magazine and redesigning that magazine it's slightly bittersweet i don't know i feel like that mag sort of it kind of just lived and died with we which is kind of perfect in a way but it also means yeah they it kind of they both share the same fate they both sort of sort of fade off to sort of nothing (laughs) (laughs) and on that happy note let's take a quick break and Matthew will come back with the Nintendo Wii draft yeah let's do it Welcome back to the podcast. So, the Nintendo Wii Draft. Let's do it. I'll explain the rules. 
There are 10 brackets here. Me and Matthew will take it in turns to pick games from these different brackets uh, to build the best lineup of games for a hypothetical mini console. Mini version of the Wii. So you think you're kind of like mini snares and so on. Uh, basically a modern version of the console, a tiny one that you plug into your TV via HDMI so it still looks, it looks all pretty and has a bunch of old games on it. We're competing to pick the best 10 games and you at home can vote on this at BackPagePod on Twitter. Um, housekeeping note for anyone who's coming to this podcast afterwards and a lot of people discover the draft episodes long after the um, results have happened i always uh, update the um, episode description to say who won so you can listen um, to the picks and then see who who uh, got the public vote in the um, description which is handy um so matthew i should i just go straight into the brackets and we'll go from there yeah let's get the brackets out of the way first yeah yeah sure so 10 brackets okay uh, bracket one multiplayer bracket two action or rpg three platformer four sports or fighting game five shooter six wii motion plus game seven re-release or WiiWare game eight puzzle or survival horror nine wild card so something strange or esoteric from the wii library and 10 is free pick so any game you like from the catalog mm-hmm. um matthew what are your thoughts on these categories because i suggested these but you signed them off straight away were you happy with them yeah absolutely and i did cast an eye over them and think you know, because not, not to accuse you of anything, I looked and thinking, am I am I being diddled out of something here? Is there any kind of nightmare category? I think there, uh, I think there are some like really interesting ones here. I think there's like the drafts work better when some of the categories are super rich and some of them are quite sparse. Um, mm. Obviously, we have the wriggle room of the free pick, which makes things a little easier. Yeah, I thought I thought these were solid categories. I feel like I've got a, a good couple of potentials for, for all of them. I think in a couple of them, there are standout winners, and then it quickly gets quite bad. I don't think we've ever got a red faction situation, uh, which for those who are coming to this podcast new, is when... I think Red Faction is the second best first-person shooter on PlayStation 2. <laughs> I, uh, I don't foresee that happening. No, Matthew learned his lesson in the next draft when he picked um, Time Splitters 2, a game he hates. Just yeah, to, a game uh, I hate. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to try and get through this without picking anything I hate. Yep, same. There are some popular games on Wii that I hate. I'm sure we can discuss those when they come up. I had a couple of rule questions. Maybe I should have brought these up earlier, but I, f- I figure they're worth putting here. Yeah. We're only drafting stuff like as they were released, so we could, we're not talking about like a fat like if there was a fan translation of a Japanese game, we can't we can't do a bogus that game with the fan translation, right? A good rule for that might be that you have to use it for free pick. Um, what do you reckon? Because if we do that, then because we didn't put in a specific category here, we have done a Japan only category before. Yeah, um, and because we haven't done that here, what do you reckon? A, I don't know if I actually need it, but I. It was more like, how do we stand on American only releases? How about I'll just let you have them because okay, that's nice. Oh no, listen, I'm, I'm not trying to pull any shenanigans. There's a couple of there's a couple of things I'm toying with. I haven't even decided to use them. Yeah, because I don't want to kind of give away my hand too early. I mean, I know you're talking about Fatal Frame there, but. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Why? Not the American only one, but the other one. I don't think we should go too far down the route of like non-existent fantasy games. Just just because Nintendo did do it with Star Fox Two, I don't think it's fair to be like, oh, this this bullshit. Um, so I, I won't do that. I guess as we go along, if we feel like anything is out of order, we can can deal with it. Yeah, um, I mean, how are I, you I feeling about the genres? Uh, yeah, I don't. I actually wouldn't mind too much if you did do that because ultimately. The why I like doing these drafts is because I like talking about interesting games. And so 
that's kind of part of the reason we do these is to to bring up interesting games and cool games and personal games that we we have a personal attachment to so mm. so i don't really mind if you pick trauma team matthew or <laughs> or fatal frame um that's fine with me um i think because because like there's no chance i would ever pick them i don't think it necessarily gives you a massive advantage um, <laughs> i'm too right <laughs> <laughs> i personally think the genres are, are really good because they're quite rigid and i think we needed that after your your n64 category categories were just like so much crossover between them um, yeah. There are about six different categories where you could pick rare games, and like it was a bit too chaotic, <laughs> I think. And here, there's a tiny, I think, like there's a tiny bit of crossover when you throw in categories like multiplayer or, um, yeah, or, or, or free pick, of course. But otherwise, I think they're fairly rigid. Um, and like, yeah, like you say, some are really sparse and some are really packed, so um, it makes for some good contrast. But I will reiterate what I said at the start, Matthew, which is I have just picked games that. I give a shit about and that if I got a Wii Mini I would want to play so Mm. there's less of like me trying to appeal to the crowd here just because it's a bit harder to do that with the Wii just because some of the mega successful games aren't actually that good so it's not really that useful to to try and do that um so you have to think a little bit more laterally and um I've got a lot of backups of categories as well because I, I think we're gonna have probably about four or five games the same um, in terms of like priorities, but probably mm-hmm. the rest will be completely different. So that's what I'm anticipating. Any thoughts on that? I, I actually think there there will be some spiciness right at the start because I think there's a couple of or there's some there's some debate and discussion about what is the smartest and the most precious game up front. We all know which one it is. Well, I don't. That's what I'm interested in. I was trying. I've I've been probably more so than the other drafts working out different routes through like. If I go first or you go first, and what happens? What would I do next? Like yeah. I have been, I've been thinking it through a little bit because uh, we're, we're doing a snake draft for this as well, right? Yes, yeah. So the first person gets one pick, next person gets two, then the first person gets two, and we do two at a time, basically, till we run out. That means at the start, one person gets to take something off the board, but then the second place gets to pick a couple of interesting things. I think we're fine once we're past that, but I just, I almost want to get that out of the way, uh, get that stress out of the way, <laughs> so I can just kind of enjoy myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, but to be honest, though, I think it's good because. Because I, th- I personally think there are two, two games that like really have to come off the board in those first two picks, um, and like I think those, and I wonder if you think the same two games are the ones that have to come off the board. Um, so yeah, inter- interested to see how this goes. Mm-hmm. Um, did a bunch of research for this as well, actually. Um, played like four, four games that I haven't played before oh, to, okay. for this one. Yep, um, got the Wii U out. I feel like it should be a patron stretch goal for me to get the Wii U out of my cupboard at this point. Um, <laughs> like someone, I should have to get a grand just for plugging it in. Um, <laughs> I'm joking, uh, of course. The funny thing about going back over some old reviews for this is uh, how much of the internet is dead now. If you go on Metacritic, so many of the reviews link to nothing because either the sites have gone or like people haven't done any upkeep on their sites. Like Hardly any of the IGN Wii reviews link up to their themselves anymore. It's like a really sort of sad wasteland of content. Yeah, it's funny as well because there's like I saw at least two reviews from you on CVG, which obviously isn't around anymore, yeah, and like so, and it's funny seeing you as a source in the reception part of um, some of these games. <laughs> yeah, I know all my bullshit. Um, <laughs> I love that. That's that's so satisfying. It also also tickles me whenever you go back to this era of Nintendo coverage that there were like fan sites that had like 
or magazines or or even some people who had it in their like URLs the word revolution they'd prepped for it so much to be called revolution that they still called themselves that are you going to pop off about end revolution again I'm not going to pop I, that was <laughs> I mean, that is an example of it like it yeah. is baffling because they had months to not be called end revolution no uh, weirdly I think IGN Wii content has revolution in the URL oh wow okay yeah that's um, like it's I... just like a hangover from the period that people are going to call it that and yeah oh. no 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 um no shade on end revolution anyone who made a nintendo magazine you know and and managed to to keep it around for a bit has my respect it's it was a tough gig oh <laughs> uh, yeah i imagine them um, also like the redirects on all these urls would be an absolute fucking pain in the ass so um i completely <laughs> empathize as someone who's used redirector tools and been driven mad by it um, yeah. previously um, I, I found i found some reviews from Catherine. Uh, before oh, I met her, that's, uh, so is that romantic? I mean, I don't know, but it's it's nice. Yeah, she that, used yeah. to do some stuff for Nintendo Joe back in the day. So. That's cool. Yeah, good stuff. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, great, Matthew. Shall we? Um, shall we kick off? Do you want to do the coin toss? This mini console ships with the Motion Plus as well. Yeah, it ships with multiple controllers as well, so we don't have any of that faff. Um, yeah, we also had a rule where, like, if we want to have one optional peripheral, we can. A la the um, Steel Battalion. Yeah. Um, what was your one? Like a fishing rod or something in the GameCube one? What was that? Oh, the drums. That was it. The bonker yeah. drums. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> good times that was a fun draft um well yeah. that's how little impact that made on the official <laughs> rod no no quite literally and musical instrument the bongo drums <laughs> yeah so we're 50 50 on um, draft victory so far it's two all, okay I think. interesting so um uh, yeah this, this this could go either way i i am fully prepared to shit shit the bed in the name of nostalgia Nah, it's like it's home turf for you i think you'll i think you'll be all right but um Oh, some great games here, Matthew. Let's get into it. Do you want to do the coin toss? I will. Uh, what do you want to call? Uh, heads. Heads it is. So I get to pick whether I go first or second, right? Yeah. I'm going to go second. Interesting. Okay. In which case, I'm going to kick off... Uh... Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you're going to do if I do one of these things. No, no, I'm not I'm not actually planning a GoldenEye Perfect Dark Medina this time. <laughs> um, I've got another plan instead. Uh... <laughs> I'm going to go platformer, and I'm going to kick off with Super Mario Galaxy 2. Yep, I anticipated that. Uh, the logic here is, and you'll hear me say these words uh, probably a few times, Super Mario Galaxy 1 is, is available in a better form now. That isn't to say it isn't an essential game, and it wouldn't be a good pick, but I feel like Super Mario Galaxy 2, you, just, you can't play it anywhere else. You know, you, okay, you could get the disc and play it on Wii U if you want. As games, they're so evenly matched. In a way, I feel like Super Mario Galaxy 2 is kind of purer in that it just gets to the levels a bit faster. The hub is... There's less hub nonsense in between. But I there, we're talking about a difference of, like, you know, 5 to 20 seconds or something. I'd, I'd really struggle to put these... To put one above the other. I always kind of take them as a pair um, in my head. Obviously, it's... They are between them my favourite games ever made. Super Mario Galaxy 2 is the better end game, hiding the hidden stars which are hidden outside of the levels a little bit and ask you to do some quite interesting stuff with the um, power-ups to get them. I, I much preferred that to just replay this with Luigi, but, you know, I'm obviously... I will never cast shade on Galaxy 1 to big up Galaxy 2, but I, I have to have this on my machine. Yep, um, I played this last night. Uh, looks fantastic on Wii U, actually. Um, if you've got a Wii U, you can play this um, digitally, and it's... Um 
uh, assuming that store's still open. And like this is one of those games that looks fantastic output in HD, just fantastic. Um, I appreciate the fact it doesn't have the kind of hub thing that you waste a load of time in in Mario Galaxy One. It also feels like it maybe gets to some like of those, um, you know, so to speak, galaxy brain and uh, galaxy brain ideas um, very, very quickly. Um, whereas obviously Mario Galaxy builds up to them a little bit, um, a bit, a bit more. So it's yeah. kind of like from the off, it's kind of like um, it's kind of off the chain. Um, yeah, like um, I think this is the right pick for the first game, Matthew. Um, there is a reason I wanted to go second, which will become apparent in a minute. I think. Um, yeah, I, I, there's another game which I think is just in terms of like that genre is quite difficult without it. There, there is another game that I would really expect you to pick in your next two. Okay, yeah. So um, let's see if this is that game. <laughs> um, so my first pick is for Category 7 re-release or Wii game. Uh, WiiWare game, sorry. Uh, and I'm picking Metro Prime Trilogy. Yeah, I knew you'd... Well, interesting. I, I thought I didn't know you'd put that under re-release, but I knew that that would be there. Yep, so I think this... Um, this was this is like three games at once basically um mm-hmm. and it, you you know you obviously get uh, metro prime 3 and um there the was a Wii get a Wii game in 2007 but like bundled in with the first two Wii games with motion controls added very good motion controls i think it works particularly well with the Wii controller because um metroid's never been like a super intense shooter um like it's not like call of duty precision needed necessarily so the slightly kind of floaty aiming works quite well um, plus the fact that you kind of have a very very generous aiming generally in Metroid Prime. Um, obviously, these are first-person translations of the old Metroidvania formula, um, uh, seeing different bits of the environment, coming back later with new powers and seeing how you can get uh, get to those bits and unlock new items and sort of secrets. Um, really well done. The first one's still considered the best. This um, That first one was originally released on GameCube, but here it is in this um, this trilogy set. Matthew, any thoughts? A, a really smart pick. I, I almost took this as my first pick, but I I just can't lose out on Mario Galaxy 2, which I assumed you would pick otherwise. Yeah, this is great. I mean, does this technically mean I could take Metro Prime 3 by itself? I mean, you could do, but it'd be a bit of a waste of pick, wouldn't it? Because... it I, I, yeah, well, yeah, it is still probably the best first person shooter on the console in terms of Wii controls it has some extra gubbins three specifically that one and two don't have in terms of like door locks that you kind of interact with by pulling and turning and shoving in stuff it's a very nice tactile game but you are right it it it, it's kind of weedy when you don't have the other two yeah i really hope they re-release this trilogy in some form because it feels like it's just sitting there amazing collection as well you know it wasn't but you know all on one disc it's not like three games crammed in a box or anything it's it's very much a collection yeah it's a really really good pick yeah it was another good thing about having a wii u actually is that this was one of the very few games wii games they released digitally on there and so you download it and you play it on your hd tv and it looks really nice which Mm. that's like um you know an underrated aspect of why the wii u is um not a complete write-off i guess um mm. so yes I, th- I think metro prime trilogy it also means i have 12 games on my console rather than 10 um, <laughs> yeah 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 so that's, <laughs> so that yeah, was... that's kind of that's kind of annoying Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the ne- that makes my next pick quite tricky um because there's a bunch of ways i could go with it because i guess i could just get my platformer off the board i mean you might do a golden eye perfect dark situation um I don't know, but I think that I think I'm going to risk that. I mean, you might do it. Who knows? But I'm going to take um, category two action or RPG, and I'm going to take the Legend of Zelda: Twilight Princess. Okay, um, interesting. Yeah. So um, 
I my thinking here was yes, there is a new version of this game on Wii U, but it's not anywhere else. Um, I don't think it being on Wii U makes it more accessible than having it on a on a, on a Wii a Wii Mini. Um, so I think that we'll take we'll take the uh, kind of like throwback to um, Ocarina style Zelda game, but with wolf content in it. Um, I'm not actually like mega familiar with it. I played it for about six hours. Um, yeah. What was like a foundational Wii game, a, a, a Wii launch game, sold mega numbers on the Wii. I think a lot of people consider this a kind of like cast iron sort of like Wii classic. I thought about Skyward Sword, but I can literally play a better version of that on the console next to my um, my bed right now. So yeah. I, th- I think that Twilight Princess, there's my logic, Matthew. I absolutely love this game. Amazing Zelda dungeons, probably their best 3D Zelda dungeons. It's kind of Ocarina Redux a little bit. A little uneven, a little put like some of the overworld stuff is is a little drawn out, and the tone of it is quite bleak. It's sort of hard to totally love Twilight Princess in t- in the way that you can love like Wind Waker and the weird little kind of sort of ugly character style and everything. But it is it is an absolutely amazing game. Playing this at launch uh, in the I'm sure I've told you about the the playing this in the rat house with the projectile shitting rat. <laughs> Um, yep, classic Matthew Castle anecdote that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so forever, forever kind of intertwined with that. I also just remember the Greener's review of this because poor Greener had to go and review this in the Wii house and he played it for like four days straight. He had like four days to finish a Zelda, which is it's doable, but it's also you don't know if it's doable from the off. And there is quite a lot of to and fro, and there's, there's quite a bit of padding in the overworld in this game. So I could see the fear sort of kicking in of whether or not he was going to make it to the end. Um, but I remember his review. The art was Link with Epona, and Epona's nose, <laughs> this is so specific, ended on the page where the strap line was. And the strap line was straight from the horse's mouth, like, this is the the Zelda game you've been waiting for or something from and it just really made me laugh that 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 intertwining of horse's mouth and the opponent art <laughs> that's really good that like really makes me think of print media time so you had a bit of time to do stuff um. yeah, yeah yeah um I was so jealous though because like that was the you know he specifically went to do that and I don't think even we knew that he was going to do it maybe he went and played it over a weekend or something and he came back and he just played a Zelda that no one else had played and it was a bit like mind blown but um yeah it was that was cool can I also briefly litigate something with you here which is yeah. um I think that when when you turn if you have a Wii U and you turn on the uh, Wind Waker HD you're like wow this looks amazing when you have a Wii U and you turn on the Twilight Princess HD remaster they did, you kind of like, uh, that's sort of my reaction to the visual style yeah. of it. Um, like, it wasn't as handsome. I don't think it was actually done by Nintendo either, um, like uh, like um, Wind Wake HD was. So uh, it's, 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 it's just a straight, like, you know, everything's a little too sharp on it, and it, it, it brings some of it into too stark a resolution. Um, yeah, like, if anything... The slight fuzziness of the Wii is to the game's benefit. That slight haziness, it's got like a slight kind of twilight, like dreaminess to it, mm. which when you take that away, it doesn't look quite as good. It was very well suited to the generation it was on. Yeah. Nonetheless, I think it, uh, the uh, launch Zelda game that everyone played is um, a good pick for my uh, mini console, Matthew. Um, so yeah, I don't regret putting it here at all. It's think I think it's a good pick. Um, yeah. So... 
Let's see what you do next, Matthew. Ah, mm. oh, piss, piss, piss. <laughs> this has to stay in, you know. <laughs> it's really, really hard at this point. It is hard because there's quite a lot of routes to go down. The thing is, there's stuff which, in my warped head, I'm like, oh yeah, everyone would want that. But of course, no one would want that. But we did say we would try and pick honestly this time, right? Like, Yeah, we. Sh- I think we should pick honestly. But if we pick honestly, like there's, there's not as much drama over what we put in. Um... Yeah, I suppose me picking Twilight Princess was a bit like, I need to make sure I've got a Zelda on there. For sports and fighting game, I'm actually going to take Wii Sports Resort. Wow, yeah, this was going to be one of my next picks, so good good choice. I'm taking it because I, I almost contemplated having t- also taking Wii Sports. I may st- uh, Maybe I won't. I mean, the, the problem is two of the Wii Sports games are in Wii Sports Resort. And they're better in Wii Sports Resort because it has the Motion Plus. So that's uh, bowling and golf are in Wii Sports Resort as well. In a way, I still think Wii Sports Tennis is like the definitive Wii game. It's it's the one that everyone can play. Like holding that Wii, you know, the Wii is closest to a tennis racket. It just makes so much sense. It's probably the most sort of fun moving of all those games. But I think Wii Sports Resort in in table tennis actually has a great tennis-esque game that is also technically much more sophisticated a lot of these games are kind of tech demos for games that never manifested sadly a lot of the the ideas you see in Wii Sports Resort are lifted wholesale in Skyward Sword if you've played the sword play game in Wii Sports Resort it's very similar to the sword play in Skyward Sword, uh, the archery is very, very similar to it too. Like you can just see that they kind of, and the feel of them is one to one. I would say that this, you know, I would not be surprised if the same people or the same code or whatever was used. As standalone things, the games are slightly more padded out than the original Wii Sports game. I think the actual like magic of the Motion Plus, like the the you know having spent all these years kind of wrestling with the not amazing one to one stuff on Wii. This actually did do it. I think the sword play is really, really awesome. The way you've got the full kind of 360 degree movement of the sword and like smacking people on the head and having like sword fights with sticks. It's just like when you were a kid, you used to have imaginary sword fights with the boys across the river with bamboo canes. Good fun. Uh, It really took me back to that. Also, I just kind of hate all the other sports games on Wii. So I feel like I kind of have to go with this in a way. <laughs> yeah, I think that um, this is a really good pick. This is like, I remember when I threw a Frisbee in Wii Sports Resort, I was like, oh, this is actually the magic of the Wii. Right. Like, premise of the Wii that I don't, feel, I didn't feel like I'd, I'd found at that point. Um, just because it felt so one-to-one. Like I remember the, exactly how it felt to like leave my hand and it was just perfect. I was just like mm. blown away by it. And I think that a lot of people, this did sell well, but I think like a lot of people who used the Wii probably only played Wii Sports and didn't play this one. And yeah. like this was the whole thing kind of perfected. Um, yeah. Yeah, really, really good. Um, didn't a version of this come out on Wii U and then just kind of got ignored? Did that happen? Did I imagine that? No, they, what they did was they ported the some of the original Wii Sports to Wii U. In fact, I think they did all of them. They mm. re-released them as standalone games. Bandai Namco made them right they had a bit of wii u pad integration so or am i misremember was that just the tech demo in my head i can see the wii u pad on the floor having like the ball and you're meant to swing the motion plus above it but they were standalone 
the spirit of the thing that you had to buy them separately. I, as much as I like Wii Sports, it was also the ultimate pack-in game. Like, I don't know if I would have necessarily have bought it otherwise, mm. even though it's sort of essential at the same time. I'm quite conflicted on that. You know, it felt like it, it just had to be there, and uh, the idea of selling those games separately just never really made any sense to me, and they just weren't quite as... You know, they were just a bit hollow, didn't have as much shape to them, so... That's fair. Um, so what's your next pick, Matthew? So my next pick... Hmm. We do. We really do think quite similarly about this. Yeah, I did think that at this point you might start getting to stuff that you actually like. That's not just you know big stuff. But yeah, I, I mean, listen, I don't think you're going to take this, but I want to take it off the board because I really need it and want it. Uh, for puzzle survival horror. I'm going to take Zach and Wiki Quest for Barbaros's Treasure. Mm-hmm. This is Capcom's sort of point-and-click game. I have talked about this before in one of our Games of the Year show. You're a little pirate. You have this monkey companion who can kind of transform into all these different objects. It's quite an early Wii game, but also quite a, a good early attempt to harness what was interesting about the remote in that the remote becomes many different objects. You know, it sort of simulates many different objects in this game, and some of them are motion-controlled. Some of them it's more about the unique shape or the buttons of it and it's kind of about working out how to manipulate the remote to then manipulate the object in game that's one half of it the other half of it is that it's just a really ingenious expensive 3d puzzle game where you have quite strange scenarios that you're trying to solve Uh, almost like if you think of each level as like a very advanced zelda puzzle it's kind of that level of kind of cleverness except every level you've got different bits of equipment, different gadgets to use. It has, it just felt very expensive, very expansive. Like it has Capcom shape to it in that it has puzzle boss fights. Again, take a swig. It ends with fighting a giant monster in space. Like it it really has the escalation and the scale of like a of Capcom's kind of arcade offerings, but married to this quite beautiful puzzle game. I really love it. It doesn't exist anywhere else. I think it's one of the great underrated Wii games. I would use the Wii Mini to just force this on people um, <laughs> because it is about time it got its due. Yep, um, I've not played it at all. Um, I knew you'd pick it. Uh, didn't expect you to pick it this early, actually, um, but that's fine. Um, Yes, uh, good stuff, Matthew. Uh, I, I appreciate that this is kind of like a Capcom spin on that type of game, um, which makes it a little bit unusual. And I think that people will enjoy rediscovering it on uh, on your Wii Mini. I think that'd be good. Hopefully. Yeah, I I don't know. I feel like I've already biffed this. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think it's, I don't think it's possible to biff it that hard when you've got Galaxy 2. <laughs> I think you talked me into it by going, I'm surprised you haven't done any personal picks. So I went super personal for a thing you weren't even going to take. <laughs> oh, nah. I'm bad at the draft. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even vaguely on my list, to be honest. Um, this will show him. <laughs> <laughs> but I, all I did was um, lure you into a false sense of security with politeness. Oh, God damn it. I should, I think, well, let's see what happens. I think a lot of people will look at Galaxy 2 and think, I'll pick that one, um, honestly. But um, who knows? Maybe they'll feel the same way about Metro Prime Trilogy. I guess we'll see. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... yeah. Okay, so... Oh, it's tough, this. Okay, let's go... I'm going to go free pick, and I'm going to take Donkey Kong Country Returns. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so um, you can get this on 3DS, but you can't get this on any other modern pla- uh, mm-hmm. pla- uh, platforms. This was tough, this category, because I thought about No More Heroes, but I can play that on my Switch now, and it looks really nice. Yeah. Um, 
So it's tough to tough to justify it. Um, I also thought about Bully Scholarship Edition for this category, um, but I think most people probably just pay that on 360. Um, it, yeah, it is a really good port. Yeah, it is, and I yeah, absolutely. Like it's actually like I think it's actually a bit less glitchy than the Xbox One. Um, so that would have been perfectly good pick, and also a game I would probably like definitely play on um, on a Wii on a, on a mini console if I had one. Um, so let's go with this. So uh, a modern 2D platformer from uh, it's from Retro Studios, right? This That's one, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah, so like fairly hardcore. Um, I'm not sure Matthew has loads of love for the for the Donkey Kong series, um, Donkey Kong Country I, series. I, I like these two new ones. Yeah, they're good. Um, and so, yeah, I, I really, I kind of really enjoyed this at the time. I thought that the um, 3DS port was slightly less handsome than the Wii one, actually. Definitely. Um, yeah. And so, um, yeah, I thought about having this for platformer, but I thought I might. I knew I, I know I have to take Mario Galaxy for platformer, so I thought get this off the board um, because th- this is like a good. Uh, like a, this is like a, a late a later classic from from the uh, the catalog and um, yeah not loads more to say about it but a really good two D platformer on Wii and like much much better than the new Super Mario Bros Wii was um, oh yeah so, so uh, yeah what do you think of that pick Matthew yeah I, I really like this game uh, I remember it making me incredibly cross because it's quite difficult in that it, there's a lot of like instant kill instant fail things i remember doing a box out in my review of this like my levels of rage of like my head exploding and stuff because <laughs> it was basically comparing levels of this to levels of real world frustration of like this level is as hard as trying to eat an artisan baguette from pret and smashing your teeth on the bread or whatever that kind of bullshit <laughs> very shiny very polished kind of like it's kind of the antithesis to new super mario brothers in that it's a sort of cinematic platformer it's not about this very limber reactive character it's kind of about doing it the right way but around that it gives them the freedom to build this sort of blockbuster art and storytelling there are chase sequences and mad things exploding it's a very different kind of platformer but it I guess like kind of feels a bit more western in a way but really beautifully made and definitely made to be played on a TV. I found the 3DS um version very very underwhelming. He's a bit too small for the 3DS. It's too small. It's it's too detailed a world to to be on that screen. It loses like the stress of like the scale of it. Yeah, I'm actually really surprised they didn't just like port this to Switch in HD. I think it would have done well. well. They, yeah, and they did they did Tropical Freeze on Switch. That's a different game, right? There's no you yeah. Can't, that's the yeah. sequel, but like it's much. Tropical Freeze is slightly better. It would be a hard pitch. What they should have done is put the two together. Really, I yeah. I always balked at having to pay fifty quid again just for Tropical Freeze. I mean, come on. Yeah. So um. Yeah. Like uh, I do remember this being quite tough as well. Um. I think that this kind of came to mind a little bit because I've been playing Metroid Dread, and I thought. <laughs> Oh yeah, this is like the first example I can really remember of uh, someone going big budget with two D, I guess. Um, yeah, and like using that that the advantages that gives you to enhance the um, the, the experience. So yeah, like um, yeah, I've, yeah. So I, th- I think that's a, I think that's good. It's also something I would definitely play if I had a Wii Mini. Like um, a platformer is exactly the kind of thing that you're more likely to jump into, I think, than um than maybe some other types of games but yes um that's that's that pick and so my next pick this is hard epic mickey platformer <laughs> uh fantastic four rise of silver surfer um, oh, under wild I did, a, I did a new york press trip for that yeah i know that's why i bring it up bring it up matthew i've got a good memory for your anecdotes at this point <laughs> i've um, only got 10 <laughs> i'm gonna take shooter actually am i going to do that 
there's something I don't want you to do. <laughs> going to take Shooter, and I'm going to take Ghost Squad. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so um, this, uh, another thing that the Wii is a bit underrated for is the quality of its um, light gun shooters. And this is the best light gun shooter ever, if you ask me. Um, I oh. love it. Oh, fucking Ghost Squad's amazing. Yeah, it's so, so good. I did think about having this for multiplayer, actually. Um, oh, it, yeah. But um, I, th- I, I I played this again last night, and it is so much fun. Um, just like yeah. b- big, silly, kind of like multiple path um, Sega light gun shooter. Perfectly at home on Wii. Like visually, it kind of suits the Wii quite well. The interface as well has been really well adapted from the arcade. It doesn't feel compromised for the Wii. Guns feel really good. Set pieces are really fun. Just like different, slightly different objectives to what you might get in a regular light gun shooter. Because there's a lot of poor quality ones out there. Yeah, this is a genre you can sort of like shit out a little bit. But this is done with such care. Um, it's one of my favorite arcade games ever. Um, there's an arcade machine for it down in uh, Devon, um, where my parents live. That I've I've definitely put at least twenty quid into over the years. Um, nice, really, really good game. Um, so glad that it exists on a home console. Um, what a gift. I actually think of anything that we we could have used more of these these games because there's a lot a lot of them are a bit lost to time I would say, mm. but thank God Sega preserved the best one. This is the best light gun shooter on on Wii. Um, so yes, um, yeah. thoughts on that pick, Matthew? Yeah, I I absolutely love Ghost Squad. It is it is in my list of wild cards. Depending on how the rest of this list had gone, it was definitely in play. Yeah, I love this game. I love how replayable it is. I love how many terrorists it crams in a single room. This is sort of unintentionally one of the funniest games on Wii in that you go into a room and like 10 terrorists pop out from like under a bed and out of a cupboard and outside of a window and you shoot them and then you step into the room and like a load more terrorists can basically come out from the same places then you turn around and there'll be like 10 terrorists behind you and you turn around and there's another 10 honestly you can kill I swear like you kill 50 people in a single room in this game and it's just it's got this really daft logic to it it's kind of the exact opposite of what Wii is about, light gun games. It, not in terms of, like, they play brilliantly on there, but, like, where Wii was aimed and, like, its identity from Nintendo is so not mad Japanese arcade games. But this was just, this was brilliant. I played this for tens and tens of hours. I absolutely adored it. Yeah. Uh, it's a really good pick. It's Anyone to- can play it. It's totally a game you would play if you had a Wii Mini as well, I think. Yeah. That, that, it's interesting, actually. This process, there's some of these games I was looking at, and I was thinking slightly spurred on by my playing habits of the nintendo online console thing on the switch i'm more likely to play something that i think i could probably like blast through in a couple of hours than like oh do i really want to play 40 hours of ocarina of time on this probably not you know i don't know if i that isn't something you do on a whim but you might play a win back say you know or you might play a yoshi's story or something it's it's uh yeah, yeah. I think it's wise. Putting stuff that you might actually get through on a mini console is a kind of a smart thing. Yeah, you can blow through this in 45 minutes, but the next time you play it, it'll, it can be different. So, yeah, um, yeah like, uh, I, yeah, I think it's a good pick in that respect. That's definitely, like, I would say that, that also explains Donkey Kong as well. It's like platformers are perfect for that dip-in, dip-out thing. Mm. Um, so, yes, those are my two picks, Matthew. So, on to your next two picks. Yeah, okay. I don't think you're going to take it, but I just want to make sure I get it. Um, for shooter, I'm going to take Sin and Punishment, Successor of the Skies. Ah, that was um, that was my uh, wildcard pick. Oh, 
Mm. Okay. I would say this is pretty niche. You know, I, th- I think if you listen to this podcast, you will probably get on with treasure games, or you probably already get on with treasure games, I would imagine. And this was a game I never really understood, like, how it came to be. Given the direction Nintendo was going with Wii, I just... Maybe they didn't perceive it taking off in the way it was going to, but in the early years, they definitely commissioned some, like, fucking bonkers shit that is the exact opposite of, like, Wii Sports and Wii Fit. And so by the time this comes out, you know, the Wii has established itself as this basically mammoth casual machine, and then you get probably, like one of the most hardcore shooters from one of the most hardcore studios ever. Uh, The sequel to Sin and Punishment, which never came out in the West, uh, but uh, saw some renewed popularity when it got brought out on Virtual Console. It's a scrolling shooter in that you are a character who runs around in the foreground shooting into the background on Wii uh, you also get a jetpack so you can kind of fly around so it kind of almost looks a little bit like Space Harrier or Kid Icarus Uprising if you played that on 3DS so you're sort of shooting in but it's this sort of roller coaster ride the way it kind of whips you through these landscapes you never see anything for like longer than a couple of minutes and it it throws like a new twist in be that like some weird enemy behavior which basically changes up the perspective or the shift on the game so like there's like an enemy that drops all these blocks for example and then you're having to maneuver around these blocks in the foreground while shooting into the background or you know, perspective shifts where it feels more like a horizontal sort of like shoot 'em up where you're sort of moving into the screen and then there's levels which feel a bit more like a 2D side scroller. It's it's constantly messing with like camera and perspective and gameplay ideas. It's also a, a really compelling high score challenge. Like that's really the whole reason for being, you know, when you shoot stuff, your multiplayer goes up. When you get hit, it goes down. You're trying to escalate things. Uh, because you've got that jetpack, it also, uh, your score accelerates when you're on the ground. So it's got this risk-reward thing where it wants you to play kind of on the floor. And, you know, you're just trying to squeeze every last few points out of the levels. It's it's a really, really deep game. Like, it's a game that an idiot would play and be like, oh, it's only three hours long. Um, it's not. You know, it's potentially hundreds of hours long if you want to master it. Yeah, it's very strange, very niche, but uh, it won't exist anywhere else. Uh, and this is just a, this would be a really easy way of everyone discovering it. Yeah, like um, I think a really good pick. Um, this is one of the games I revisited for this draft. Uh, I think that like it's one of the last big treasure games, really. Um, mm. And uh, while I slightly prefer the look of the N sixty four one, um, yeah, I, I think like maybe it's just a kind of so soft Wii graphics that don't look like super amazing by today's standards. Yeah. It's really really playable and fun. Um, I think Kid Icarus is a good comparison. Uh, this is totally something I would play on a mini console for the for similar reasons to Ghost Squad, really, where it's like yeah. I, I just want to shoot a load of shit and like um, have some cool high scores. And so, um, and treasure games are eminently replayable. They always have been. So, yes, good pick, Matthew. Um, what's the what is the actual subtitle of this? I, I had Star Successor here. Is that not the subtitle? Uh, that's the US version. Uh, okay, right. I see. Um, there was a lot of weird naming in the Wii period in terms of really arbitrary picks in some places. So, what's your next pick? Hmm. For Wii Motion Plus, 
I'm going to take Red Steel 2. Ah, okay. Obviously, I have a weird relationship with Red Steel. I say a weird relationship, a sort of tortured relationship. Uh, and when they decided to make a sequel, obviously, it kind of renewed all the, all the castle bashing for giving the original 90. Basically, an entirely different game, this. This was a Wii Motion Plus showcase uh, where they rightly refocused the game predominantly on swordplay. If anything, it's it's probably like closer to a first person like Devil May Cry is sort of how I would describe it, in that uh, you're doing this sort of melee combat. There's a lot of stuff about like combos, but you also have guns which you can sort of bring out to sort of shoot people in the knee to hobble them, or you can swipe people up into the air and then like air juggle juggle them with the guns. That's that's really my arbitrary Devil May Cry connection. The fact that you have a sword and a gun and occasionally you combo the two together. It's no way near as sophisticated as a Devil May Cry game, or pretty much like any um, prominent sort of hack and slash sort of action beam up type thing. But importantly, it does exactly what it says on the tin. You know, it the it isn't like complete like one to one controls, but the motion plus means the game behaves exactly as you want it to. Like it's reliable, which actually in motion games is really what's most important. I think. And from that reliability can come quite a tight sort of arcade experience. It's got this sort of, sort of, sort of cool cel-shaded style. It's kind of a sort of samurai western. I think this came in the period where we knew what motion controls could and couldn't do. And I just thought this was a really good example of a game that, that worked with even with the limitations of Motion Plus and also the limitations of what the human brain can cope with to make an action experience that just sort of made sense, had a bit of style and um, hopefully washed away some of the bitter taste left by Red Steel for those that had it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, OK, um, yeah, fair enough. I did think of, I did actually have this as uh, one of my shortlist this category there's not loads of this category you can pick um which is actually interesting so i think you put me in quite a tough position here with this category i think there are like three great motion plus games yeah so and you've picked two of them so yeah yeah um which is interesting so yes um i think that that's a that's a good pick um i actually don't think this is like mega good honestly after playing it i thought it was just all right um but i can <laughs> see why i can see why the use of wii motion plus at the time would have seemed really impressive I was like, I was like impressed by the controls, but I didn't think the game was like mind blowing. Personally, I'm not gonna lie, like it, I, it, it's good, it's good rather than great. It's just an eight, if yeah. if that. But it is a uh, in a machine defined by motion controls. I wanted something which kind of really lent into them, and with the good motion control shooter off the table, this will do. Fair enough, Matthew. Good choice. <laughs> so, should we like recap where we're at currently? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, so what have you got? Super Mario Galaxy 2 for platformer. Wii Sports Resort for sports or fighting. Sinner Punishment Successor of the Skies for shooter. Red Steel 2 for Wii Motion Plus. And Zack and Wiki Quest for Barbaros' Treasure for puzzle or survival horror. Cool. Uh, so I've got um, The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess for action RPG. I've got Ghost Squad for shooter. And I've got Metroid Prime Trilogy for re-release or WiiWare game. And um, Donkey Kong Country Returns for free pick. Mm. Okay, so my next two picks. For wild card, I'm going to take The Last Story. Oh. Is that your one? Uh, I, wanted it for, I wanted it for RPG action. Yeah. This is another one I played last night for, um, like for the first time. I bought it on eBay last year. Really, really interesting game. So uh, Hirodobu Sakaguchi's um, 
company Mistwalker made this. Yeah. Uh, it is a, a late in the day Wii game. I think it counts as a, um, a wild card because Nintendo didn't even publish it in America. Xseed did. Um, this is part of the Operation Rainfall, is that what it's called, or something like that, Matthew? <laughs> yeah. um, so these games got localized in Europe, which has led to a lot of wacky accents coming out of anime characters in this, um, <laughs> which is like really appealing, actually. Um, and something that started to happen more around this time. Like, It's actually really interesting, Matthew. I, don't, I haven't played Xenoblade Chronicles 2, this is a complete side note, but do they keep the same t- approach to voice acting in Xenoblade Chronicles 2 that they had in 1? Like, is it? Yeah. Oh, wow, okay. Because it, it's one of those things where... If Nintendo of Europe hadn't decided to localize that first game, like would that decision have even happened in the next one? Do you know what I mean? Like it's a bit of cause and effect there. Oh, it's a huge part of the charm of this period. They start working with, I think they're called Side, the British right. voice agency, and it just gives these games such a distinct character. I really like it. Yeah. So in this game, you play a bunch of mercenaries. It's like an action RPG. So it happens. It kind of happens in real time. Um, an, an interesting thing that this game does is it has a load of different sort of spins on rpg combat so it lets you do things like collapse parts of the environment with spells and sort of do these quick time eventy type things yeah um in order to get advantages against um against different enemies um but otherwise it's actually quite against type for a sakaguchi game it's like it's it's pretty a pretty refreshing as an rpg goes um mm. haven't finished it off of course because i just started playing it but like the um how long to beat suggests it's not that long matthew 20 something hours yeah yeah um which is very reasonable so i think that as an rpg experience i thought about xenoblade but we know there's a better version of that on switch so yes, that's right. like that's not to discount these games entirely because it does feel weird to leave them out intentionally on that basis but such as it is so the last story I, felt like a good pick to me yeah it's a great pick obviously the reason uh i met Catherine is the last story so um, i've taken that from you (laughs) you've taken that so that's that's good thank you for that uh very emotionally important game (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know you do you (laughs) Um, uh no a fact that is known to you that's good Uh, (laughs) so that's we should have paid it earlier friend if it meant that much to you that's quite wounded well i thought there's no way he'll take the game which was the basis of my entire marriage Oh yes, should, uh, I forgot we should have, we should have discussed marriage as one of the rules before <laughs> this uh, this began. That was one of the things I didn't consider. <laughs> and for category nine, wife game, I'm going to pick. <laughs> really, yeah, really interesting combat system, like you say. Kind of, it's got these like you know, it's sort of real time, and it's got these interesting real time elements. Like you can do like weird wall runs to like smash down on people, and there's like a cover system. I'm pretty sure that like like heat and kind of where where enemies who enemies are attacking is is super important in this game there's some strategy to it what i really love about this is there's like no fat on it in terms of it is this like 20 hour story it's quite tight it's quite cinematically driven every mission and level is quite self-contained but they're almost like little stories in themselves which i guess is kind of true to his more story rich final fantasies in that there are a lot of like set pieces in this game but also he doesn't really repeat battling encounters like every fight has got either like a different enemy type or it uses the environment in a slightly different way so it feels like it's constantly showing you new stuff it's quite a yeah quite a tight 25 hours or whatever quite handsome in its art style um as well uh also would look nice in hd i think this one mm, just doesn't doesn't exist anywhere else a real oddball a real oddity like this for me is almost like a definitive 
console mini console game like this is exactly what it's for because it's really good in a very like easy to grasp way as well like it, it you know it feels like it should have been more populous given the final fantasy behind it you know i don't think nintendo kind of really knew what to do with it it was like a sort of second wave of like weird jrpgs that they sort of accidentally made <laughs> <laughs> a bit late in the generation really as well to kind of get like massive momentum it's like 2011 2012 kind of time right it's like yeah that's right yeah, yeah. so um yeah it's uh it it, it, it doesn't you write about the fat thing like it actually just it starts kind of in media res like it's just like you're kind of there in battle and then it flashes back to like how you got there and stuff and then it just it basically just takes off um from the start mm. um really kind of like um and you kind of you're kind of fighting before you've even learned how to fight which is quite exciting um cover system thing is kind of interesting and weird like a, probably a product of its time more than anything but yeah i think this has real value as a as an oddity, and I, I bet people have a massive curiosity factor to play this one. Um, mm. So I think a good pick on that basis, mm. Matthew. Yeah, I think great pick. Um, the other one I considered for this category was um, Muramasa, the Demon Blade, um, a vanilla yeah. Ware game. But um, I, I must admit, like I, I have more affection for other vanilla Ware games around this time, like Odin Sphere, um, than I do for I that th- one. I think it. it- there's a better version on Vita as well, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's quite expensive to get hold of. So I think it still would have been a good one. Um, but yeah, last story, it's got obviously the creator of Final Fantasy behind it. Mm. So and fantastic music, of course. Um, mm. So yes, that's that one. Uh, so what for my next pick should I take? Let's just get this over with. So um, I'm going to take my Wii Motion Plus game now, Matthew. I have no choice but to take the Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, a game you like. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I did. Um, I did really want Wii Sports Resort for this, and I'm actually. I, I think it's a good bit of strategy that you took that so early, um, because that is the definitive Wii Motion Plus game to me. Um, just as mm. someone who like wasn't massively into this Zelda game, I guess I've now kind of reversed into having two Zelda games on my <laughs> mini console. Um, I mean, but- that isn't like. Let's be honest. More people are going to buy it because it's got two Zeldas. Yeah, I guess, but like it was, it's that this wasn't like the GoldenEye thing where it was strategy. This was like you left no, me no I, choice. Yeah, but, but I, I would say even with us saying to ourselves that there are better version of this exists, I don't know if that really. I don't know if, if voters necessarily think that way. The other, the other thing is, of course, you have to think about them as like representing the lifespan of the the Wii and yeah. having like the 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 Zelda game that came right at the start and the one right at the end makes miss makes us quite a, a good console but um wish i had more affection for it but you know quite a divisive zelda game um but like you know as you've said many times in this podcast matthew kind of completed the journey of motion control that nintendo was on at this mm. time um took it to its peak in terms of uh, responsiveness and use in the game that sort of thing um as a zelda game seemed fairly contentious uh full of full of dungeons though um mm-hmm. looked i thought looked nice for the time does looks really nice in hd this new version yeah. um that's not what you're getting on this one of course um, <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> you're getting the old one just because i've been put in this position where i have to pick a zelda game i don't know that much about <laughs> on the box of your mini console it's going to say featuring the ugly skyward sword <laughs> <laughs> it, it just says skyward sword sd um <laughs> Yeah. So, um, but no, I don't feel bad about picking it. Really, don't. um, no. I th- it's an Edge Ten. Yeah, it's an <laughs> allegedly. Yes, yeah, an Edge Ten. Um, 
so yeah, it's uh, there. It is Wii Motion Plus game. Um, I guess I guess I'll get I'll get that one sorted. So mm. there it is. I did also. There was other ones. I looked at this for this category. There was a, apparently a very good version of um, Virtua Tennis, but felt like a slightly underpowered compared to Wii um, uh, Wii Sports. Yeah. Resort, so yeah. If there, if there was a good version of Virtua Tennis, it didn't really resonate with us. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. And you are the Nintendo guy. So uh, what are your next two picks, Matthew? For action RPG, I'm actually going to go Super Paper Mario. Okay. It is I think it still counts as an RPG. I think it has enough of 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 Paper Mario's RPG-ness in it, but it's definitely a, a more experimental twist quite literally because it's a 2D platformer and then you can sort of flip it into uh 3D when you're Paper Mario and sort of see the traditional 2D Mario levels as if they were a 3D space and use that to sort of solve puzzles so you can't get past the tree you flip into 3D and the tree's only still 2D so you can just walk past it things like that i think that the love for this is slightly dimmed it, it was never like a 10 out of 10 or even a 9 out of 10 stunner i think the Paper Mario 1000 year door zealots were like already in full power like even back then so like you were doomed by just not being a repeat of that game but it's still interesting it's still well written there's too much writing that's my big problem with this game this was the period where everyone kept writing how funny the mario rpgs were and it felt like they reacted to that by just going fucking overboard and having characters talking like meme talk endlessly there's plenty of good jokes there's plenty of good characters but they go on and on and on which i probably shouldn't say because i'm trying to make the case for this being a good game but like (laughs) you know nintendo got a bit nintendo's localization and writers I feel like they got a bit big for their boots around now and they had to sort of dial it back a bit um which i think they have but this was very overwritten but uh i like the look of it i like the 2d style of it you got to play as peach luigi and bowser as well lots of good jokes lots of fun little level uh, concepts you know these games there is a baseline of quality with paper mario in that there is a just an inherent magic of that 2D art style and its sort of general sort of silliness and the way it kind of plays with tropes. I will not say what I always say because I know that um, you will chastise me for it, but it does stuff with enemies that I like. <laughs> um, I thought, I thought, I thought, my brain was cycling through them. Is it God in space? Is it... Uh, <laughs> uh, you know what it is. <laughs> I know what it is, yeah. Um, the psychology of a Goomba. I'm not going to give you the satisfaction. This came at a sort of a weird time. Like, it was relatively early on. Like, it was a GameCube game for a long time and then became a Wii game. Like, this was this was originally meant to be on um, tail end of GameCube, a bit like Twilight Princess. So it's a bit of a kind of leftover. I feel like we never really heard much about it. It didn't really feel like people talked about it a great deal. Maybe they didn't play it. Maybe they just sort of couldn't be bothered or they didn't like the look of it. I just don't think you can go wrong with having paper mario on these mini consoles is this not considered a lesser paper mario compared to the other ones i know i know how that gets your back up a little bit with um this series well that's the thing i think they kind of all are now well that's the problem like that's what i'm saying about the thousand year door thing is it overshadows them so much that actually people have lost all perspective like it's a completely distinct game like it has it shares like no dna i mean it isn't like i say it's it's an eight out of ten for sure but i feel like in the eyes of the Paper Mario fandom, it's like this thousand-year door and then 15 years of dog shit, and that just that just isn't true. Right, right, yeah, fair enough. Um, that's how that's how I perceive the fan base. Um, okay. I, I like that we've now had two picks in a row from you and me that we're not entirely convinced by as people picking them. Um, oh, no, maybe... I'm, like, 
I played it. I liked it. I think I think it's good. I think it's a interesting first party thing that I think people would like to discover. That's that's really why I picked it. I think it's a underplayed good first party game. That is fair. I don't really hear people talking about this one. And I know people didn't like the Wii U one, but this one is like doesn't have that yeah, same reputation. Uh, I th- I, yeah. If you go back like it's still like, it's like an 87 on Metacritic. That's yeah, good. Good that. Yeah. yeah. But it um, just it just wasn't like I can't remember if it came just after or before Mario Galaxy, or maybe it came out in the US and then there was a big. It definitely came out in the US a lot longer before it came out in Europe. I think right. by the time it came out in Europe, like no one cared. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it's completely passed me by this one. I wonder how much it costs to get on eBay. I'm not sure. I'll look into that. Um, yes. Uh, was this always the number one pick for this category, Matthew? No, it was going to be the last story. Ah. Okay. Interesting. You definitely poached it. Um, I contemplated Xenoblade Chronicles, but I just I think the Switch version is one of the best ports and remakes that nintendo's done i just i just think it would be mad suggesting that i want the original now even though xenoblade chronicles is a classic wii game like it is in my books just below mario galaxy in terms of how much i like it okay fair enough matthew um so what's your next pick oh god some real old shite here i mean amazing picks to come um (laughs) for my free pick I'm going to take Metroid Other M. Oh, yeah. I wondered if you might take this one. Uh, I think it's a game that's been, like, memed out of existence, unfairly so. I think it's it's the classic thing where a couple of loud voices made fun of the admittedly shit elements, which is mainly the cutscenes in the story. And if you play it, you won't have any problems with the action. The action is, is pretty great. It's a... Te- oh, I always get Team Ninja and Ninja Theory confused. Team Ninja. Team Ninja. It's a Team Ninja game, nowhere near as hard as a Ninja Gaiden, obviously, but it does have an absolutely lethal action hook in that it's got this really good evasive dodge that if you do it at the last minute, you can charge up your blaster to full power. So the whole game is basically around, based around like ducking out of the last minute and smashing people with this bullet. In the same way, and I said this about Metroid Dread in the Game of the Year thing, where you know I really liked how it sold you on the feel of Samus. This isn't quite right in like the 3D movement. It's a 3D game, but it's all played just on the remote, so you're controlled with the D-pad, which is unholy. I mean, bleh, I, I do not like controlling people in 3D with a D-pad. I think that's gross. But... The, the actual action, the core kind of dodge and fire and the kind of animations when she's brawling with characters and they're almost like sort of quick-timey kind of takedown things. It's a really great Samus. She's like lethal, but she's fast. Like, it's another game that just really, really understands how that character's meant to move. That, for me, is like good enough to get past the fact that the story is just naff. I, it isn't like the most laughable thing of all time. I think the naffness of Other End is really oversold. People remember this in a very particular way. As an actual action game, you know, the, the thing you actually play is good. I come to games to play them. You know, I, I'm quite, I can just look past the kind of snarky bullshit around this. I think because of that snarky bullshit, a lot of people didn't play this. They probably don't know that it is a really good action game under there. Maybe not like an amazing Metroidvania itself, but what it is is certainly interesting, uh, certainly worth discovering for like eight to ten hours or whatever it would take to get through it. So, um, yeah, in in my head, that kind of makes it a a perfect candidate for a a Wii Mini. I think it's a great pick. Um, Not available anywhere else. Like, definitely one people should rediscover. I think, like, the action, quite underrated in this game. Um, and, like, yes, the story stuff is quite bad. But this would also look fantastic in HD if it mm. was um, re-released. A real, real crisp-looking, nice-looking nice, nice looking, um, game. And it's, like, 
it ain't coming back, you know? No, it's not. There's no way they would ever redo this, because they just wouldn't want to have that that shellacking all over again. (laughs) This did seem to put Metroid on ice for such a long time as well, Um, which, um, you know, yeah, so... I, I, it would be like a totally good one in terms of like if there was ever a, a mini Wii in real life. Um, obviously, ours are deeply hypothetical. It would be like such a conversation starter to re-examine this and just talk about yeah. it again. Um, so I think it's a good pick in that respect, Matthew. Um, Thanks. Yeah, it's cool. I wouldn't have picked it, but I... Yeah, I. when we get to the end and we go through stuff I didn't pick, like so much of it is just... This console is particularly bad for like mainline series that weren't as good as later ones or things that were just ported or much improved later it took a lot of stuff off the table for me i felt yeah that's that's very fair um so my next two picks yeah Mm -hmm. okay let's get platformer out the way i'll take super mario galaxy um i left it on the table probably slightly too long there um you could have poached it matthew um oh that would have been that would have been a dick move I mean, I but I did a dick move to you in the N64 draft, but it didn't work, did it, with the voters? So, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, uh, Super Mario Galaxy. I know this is on um, Switch, but you can't buy the Switch version anymore. Um, so, um, yeah. yeah, I think like um, this in HD, same difference, really. Um, they didn't do much to it to um, to bring it to Switch. So, um, have it on this Wii Mini instead, and enjoy them um, waggling the Wii Mote to make mario shoot off from a star and and whatnot um this is funny matthew i always find it slightly stressful how inventive these games are like i feel like i'm being (laughs) i feel like i'm taking psychic damage from just how much innovation is going on and how much like how much like wacky level design is happening um it's it's a bit like running down a tubular level and then there's some fucking 2001 of space odyssey shit happening like two minutes later and i'm just like oh god i just need to sit down for a bit I think like this is maybe why I, I enjoy uh, Mario 3D World more because um, my my imagination doesn't stretch to these limits seemingly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, obviously a, a very good format of Mario game, um, rife with invention. I do think the Mario Galaxy Two is a better pick for this because, like, like you say, it's more elusive. Um, both of these look lovely on Wii U, of course, um, in HD. Uh, fantastic, fa- one of the best games of all time. In fact, I think you might have called it that in your um, in the 2007 episode, Matthew. Mm. So, yeah, like I say, I think the fact that that port two Switch was so lo-fi and so basic, I don't think there's there is much in it here. If you bought this Wii Mini, you still want to yeah. give it a go. So, I don't think it's an unsexy pick by any means. And um, no, know. no, it's 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 a great pick. You would have absolutely fucked me if you took this, because what would I have picked for platformer? Because I already took Donkey Kong for a free pick, so... Um... You probably would have had to have gone, like, Kirby's Epic Yarn, which yeah. is so twit. Like, it, it's cute, but it's also... There's just nothing to it. Very overrated, I think. Hey, Matthew, just save it for the uh, best Kirby games episode, yeah? The one, the episode that, the episode that you demanded this year. I forgot that I signed myself up for <laughs> some... Well, there you go. There's a little sneak peek of a Kirby take coming your way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not. I didn't really mean to cut you off. But um, yeah, I agree <laughs> quite to me. And also not massively hindered by playing it on 3DS either, um, where yeah. it's available. But yes. Um, yeah, so there, was, uh, there wasn't much else to pick for this category. So platformer, Super Mario Galaxy... I mean, yeah, what a winner, right? That's um, yeah, that's sure. Good. So I've got I, two- I have to now buy both these mini consoles because they've both got a Mario Galaxy that I want. <laughs> so I've got two Zeldas and a Mario. That's not too bad. I mean, um, that's that's why I think you've won this one because I don't think people look past that and just go, oh, two Zeldas and a Mario, obviously. I think that a lot of this will come down to what else is in that, what that other yeah. five is. Um, yeah, we'll see. Um 
Okay, so let's go puzzle or survival game. Mm. And I'll take Silent Hill Shattered Memories. Mm. I knew you wouldn't pick this, Matthew, because we talked about it on the um, on one of the Game Score episodes, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. Played this for the first time last night. Could not get your criticism out of my head that the way this breaks down exploration and enemies chasing after you means that it completely deflates the tension of the exploration sections. Like, yeah. that is such a fair criticism of this game. Sorry. Um, no, no, it's fine. <laughs> I, I will say, the best part of this game, I thought, was like the first 30 minutes, because you don't know that. And then yeah, w- right. once you do understand what's going on, it ebbs away. It's almost like yeah. front load. it's front-loaded, the impact of it. Um, when I came into this, I was like, I thought this was going to be an all-timer, because we went to preview it, and we only got to play like the first hour and a half or whatever, and I was like, this is so good. So it has that effect, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, so why did I pick it? Right, I think this has a really good reputation among Silent Hill fans. It's an it's an oddball game. It's kind of a retelling of the story of the first game, but with a lot of differences. Um, framed by these psychiatrist uh, sequences where a very well-rendered man um, who's slightly ominous will ask you a bunch of questions that then inform the sequences that play out. Um, a slightly kind of like a meta take on um, the original Silent Hill story um, designed by Sam Barlow. Who went on to make her story and that other game I haven't played but want to play. What's it called? Telling Lies? That was it, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yes. Um, uh, those like those uh, psychiatrist bits are kind of the highlight, I think, just because they they feel like they put loads of effort into those and like the effect that they have. And I think that this game definitely has like the the eerie atmosphere of a good Silent Hill game. Like, not quite as pretty, bit uglier than your Silent Hill 2 and 3 and the like, just which mm. look peerless, beautiful games. Um, but still still pretty good. I think that, the, but I think this is totally something that people will want in this mini console because it's not that easily available. You can't play it in HD. Yeah, I think this is the right, I think this is the right pick for this yeah. category. Thoughts, Matthew? I am definitely at the lower end of the scale of, 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 of like how I feel about this, but I know most people talk about this with some kind of sort of you know, hushed awe or whatever. You know, people people really dig this game. I know that of the Western Silent Hills, this is the this is the only one that people like really really rate. I I have that that problem with it structurally, but it was a very very rare case of of a studio like really trying to make something special feeling for Wii, really like leaning to everything the Wii could do, the Wii remote functionality, um, no corners cut cut, felt very prestige. I d- I wanted to love it more basically. The chase sequences are really bad as well. They're just not good. Um, yes. the, the enemies are annoying. There are some good scares in there, but the enemies are just like kind of annoying and repetitive. And mm. just like compared to encountering an enemy in Silent Hill 2 when you get the little radio kind of like um, static, just so, so scary. And in this, it's just like, oh, another door burst open and then like a motherfucker started waving his arms at me. Like, that is, <laughs> it's a bit like it's a bit like that. Um, That's, uh, that must be what it's like to be a postman. <laughs> And there's loads of blue bars everywhere, so you kind of feel like you're in a music video because it's telling you where to kind of hop over and stuff. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, that sounds me, me, me really down on this. I'm not. I think it is good. Um, I think, like, if the, the exploration and the and the quote-unquote combat, you don't really fight anything in this, no. um, were kind of integrated more, it would be, like, probably an 8 or a 9 out of 10, like, for a Wii game of the time. But it's still really interesting for what it does. And yeah, yeah, just like a, a great Silent Hill curio that people can play on my hypothetical mm. Wii Mini, Matthew. Um, 
So what's we're down to your final pick? Is that right? No, I got three. Oh, okay, I'm bad at counting. So uh, yeah, why don't you go ahead? So for re-release or WiiWare game, this is difficult because WiiWare, let's be honest, was mostly shit. You know, Nintendo's first swing at one of these downloadable services, it had this really strict file cap size uh, because of like the limited internal memory of the of the machine, and because of that. It just felt like we were cut off from loads of stuff. So when the indie scene was like exploding on arcade, Xbox Arcade and PS3, it felt like we had some very miserable stuff. We were really excited to get Super Meat Boy, which I played on WiiWare and then never came out on WiiWare because I don't think they could make it work. This, I, I would say this category is cursed. Um, I don't think that's true. I think there's... So there's a couple of... I think there's a few cool things on WiiWare, first of all. But well, if you go re-release, there's... Loads of good stuff on the Wii you can pick. Is there? Yeah, you got like re-releases of um, GameCube games with Wii controls. You've got. Oh, they were. They were. Yeah. None There's of like... them were very. Okay. None of them were very well done, though. That's not true. There's like one major one that, I, if you don't pick it, I'll be really surprised. What am I? What am I missing here? Oh God, I feel like I'm about to make a horrible mistake. Well, I'm so I'll just I'll just put cards on the table. Uh, my backup, if you'd have somehow grabbed Metroid Prime first, was uh, Resident Evil Four Wii Edition. Right, yeah. And that, that my my thinking there was, it's not really a game that's improved that much by HD. Like I've played the recent versions, and I kind of think it's still a, a bit at home on this generation yeah, of consoles. It was good. I reviewed it. I gave it like freaking ninety four or something ridiculous. Yeah, you are right. I just in my head I associate that I still associate that with GameCube. Yeah, I guess so. But I think like you probably find more people played this Wii version than that GameCube version just through the success of the console. Maybe but, I, f- I feel like I should be honest though and go with what I honestly put down for this. You follow your heart, buddy. There were two WiiWare games I did really like, and so I have decided to do a WiiWare game. I'm going to go with the I think quite underrated Hydro Venture. Sort of Metroidvania, where you play as a puddle made by Curve. I think it was called something else in the States. I want to say Fluidity. They also made a version for 3DS that was quite different, a bit more self-contained, didn't have the big free-flowing levels. But this, I thought, was the one WiiWare game where it was Nintendo published, but like a Western studio made it, and it felt like Nintendo could have made it. I thought I thought Curve did amazing stuff with both this and and the 3DS sequel. Probably prefer the 3DS sequel a little more. I think they tidied up some of the ideas. But you're basically shifting this picture book where you've got this puddle of water. You tilt the the Wii remote left and right to kind of tilt the book. There's got to be a Vita or PSP game that's like this. What was that one with the balls? Loco Roco? Yeah. It's maybe got a bit of Loco Roco energy meets that pixel junk one where you played as the big thing of water wasn't there one where you played as water <laughs> uh let's think there's eden there's uh i can't remember i can't remember all of them actually i Pick swear there was one way like you could put water in lava to make rock and things oh okay i don't remember that one but there, there were loads of them on ps3 this is reminiscent of several other things that are that are lost to my brain at this this moment but it had a really nice 2D art style. It was the idea of, like, you were setting this picture book. It had kind of puzzles based around the uh, different forms of water. So, like, you were just this giant puddle that could kind of contract a little bit to fit through gaps, could sort of filter through cracks. Uh, but you could also become a, a heavy thing of ice that could slide through and, like, weigh stuff down. You could become a cloud and fly around zapping stuff with lightning. This was, like, the 
like the the one Nintendo made WiiWare game that I thought felt really prestige, really complete. I think the fact that it was WiiWare meant like no one ever played it or heard of it, even though it's it's very highly thought of, very well reviewed. As my single nod to WiiWare, I've decided to put this on the machine. Um, it's a tough. It's tough because. I mean, I've never heard of it, so I can't comment on it. But yeah. it, it is up against Metroid Prime Trilogy. That's a tough comparison in that category. It is tough. And I know people look at that and go, cursed. I just... If it's good, it's good. I had written it down. I, I did think about Resident Evil 4, but I thought... I still think of it as a GameCube game. I just wasn't entirely comfortable with it. When I balked at the idea of a re-release, I was thinking of... Nintendo did those new Play Control series, and they were like generally very poor the pikmin ones were not very good they just no love was shown to them you know i thought the pikmin ones were fine what didn't what was the do you not like the controls they functioned they weren't like proper remakes or anything like that they just i don't know this this something about the even just the look of them the way nintendo like didn't promote them at all i think we just got like a box retail cop they felt very unimportant in the grand scheme of things mm. and maybe like nintendo's own internal lack of love for like how they treated them rubbed off on us a bit but we were like eh like they made dk uh, donkey kong jungle beat without the bongos and it was just not quite the same um <laughs> this man yeah. has gone big on bongos as like a, a a hook for his mini consoles and like uh, i do like that you've you know you've committed to that as part of your personal brand i appreciate that <laughs> um yeah fair enough matthew uh, um, so yeah I, I did also contemplate uh that square enix did quite a nice town building game called my life as a king a final fantasy crystal chronicles sort of spin-off thing mm-hmm. which was an early WiiWare game that was quite expansive and quite sweet almost a precursor to some of the modern mobile games like your fallout shelters and things i contemplated that but... I, I, I remember buying that i don't think i ever played it but it was a nice looking game and like seemed seemed kind of nice uh, was the Wii just quite big on whimsical king games that seemed like yeah, a thing you, yeah. <laughs> if you like diminutive <laughs> monarchs have i got a machine for you that should have been a category shouldn't it diminutive monarchs um, <laughs> Um, and the other thing is, the other one I thought about, Matthew, is I believe that um, the first two Project Zero slash Fatal Frame games were ported to Wii. I wondered if you would consider that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That might be good, but, you know, it's... Hey, I, I have no idea if they're good or not. I never played them, but they're certainly yeah, maybe expensive. Maybe it was just one. I think it was two that got ported. Was it okay. the third? One, one was on Wii U and one was on Wii. I can't remember which was which. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Um, okay, cool. What's your next pick? It's a very me pick. For a wild card, I am going to bestow upon Europe the the mightiness that is Trauma Team. Okay, great. Only got released in the US. Basically, the the final form of Trauma Center, where the whole Trauma Center surgery arcade game was just one of many disciplines in this game. Like you also played a, a psychologist and a forensic scientist. You had an endoscope. You had lots of levels going up people's guts. Uh, I remember in Endgamer using the joke, they call it an endoscope because it's a scope they stick up your endo, um, which I thought was brilliant. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I don't know if those scopes do go up your bum, but... <laughs> <laughs> you weren't prepared uh... <laughs> to find out and ruin the joke. Um, okay, yeah, I'll look it up. Endoscope. It goes. It seems to go in your mouth. I don't know if it goes up your butt. Um, right. it, it looks like it would fit up your butt, so let's just say yes, that's fine. <laughs> it looks like it could fit up your butt. <laughs> Well, you know, that's, that's as much as I'm prepared to say on the matter. <laughs> I, I like that, that horrific system of estimation. <laughs> I'll do some more yeah. Googling while you're talking about it. Yeah, I think that would fit. <laughs> and yeah, each one was just quite fully thought out, quite fully featured. Uh, each 
discipline had a character like a story character to it and the whole idea is that you sort of played this big campaign jumping between their different disciplines and only by playing all of them did you get like the full picture of the story the full picture of the day i have no idea why they didn't release this over here i imagine it's because there would have been loads of localization to do and it probably hadn't sold big enough but the fact that they made three trauma center games on the wii was kind of wild why they cut it short of this which is a absolute banger a total matthew hart pick but i feel the world needs to explore rainbow colored guts and um sew up you know more lungs and pull bits of branch out of teeth and stuff or whatever it is all the different fun things you do in these games a a, a marvelous a marvelous thing yep this is like in my head this is just the colon camera game that only Matthew knows about. That's how it's like filed <laughs> in my head. Those are like the, those are like the tags, the CMS tags in my brain. Um, <laughs> um, so yes, good pick. No, not one I would have picked. Leveraging your expertise of the um, the Wii library there, Matthew, which is well, exactly is, what you should do. Or this is where my nostalgia sinks me. Well, I don't know. I mean, like this is certainly one that I think. I mean, I remember definitely a big hardcore Nintendo listenership to this podcast. So uh, definitely not a bad pick at all. Um, not mm. and like solves the problem of how do you play this that's exactly what these mini consoles should do to some extent yeah. as i so, i focus five picks of mine or so on like grab the big obvious stuff then another five on stuff that i would really want to like have resurfaced on this console so i think you fulfilled the brief there which i think is better than trying to pander to some invisible crowd you know what i mean yeah i think so too all right so we've reached my final pick right mm-hmm. okay so uh, my final two picks, rather. Um, so this is quite tough. I've got sports or fighting game and multiplayer left. Yeah. Let's just go Smash Bros. Brawl for fighting game. Um, okay. I think that regardless of which version of Smash Bros. you're playing, you're going to have a good time. And yeah. these are like the ultimate pick-up-and-play mini console game. You'll just have a fight uh, with a mate for a couple of minutes and then kind of move on. Um this is actually the still remains the Smash Bros. game I've played the most. I had to have it when I knew that Snake was in it and Sonic. Um, sorry about the Sonic thing, Matthew. That's um, fine. But that seemed so enormously novel to me. And then the fact that they did these kind of codec calls for Snake as well, um, adding the kind of like Metal Gear uh, level that kind of gets smashed apart by both Ray and Rex. That absolutely ruled. Lots of care paid there. Um, the fact that this also bundled in a bunch of the best melee maps too, including um, Big Blue, which, as I've said before in this podcast, is my favourite of all of the Smash maps. Just fun- uh, sorry, um, stages. They're just just a fantastic moving F Zero stage. Really, really good. Um, packed with content. Yes, you can argue that the Switch one is the ultimate version of this game. I don't contest that, but I don't know to have to have neither of these consoles with a Mario Kart or a Smash on it would be weird. I think um, like uh, Smash is has to be here in some capacity i I felt like i had to have one of them so this is the one i decided to take matthew and i don't even though i know that the um subspace emissary mode was like not beloved (laughs) everything else about it i thought was pretty good like it was actually a a a, a smash game that i felt like i could grasp slightly more than melee which was just so fast paced and i wasn't great at um this felt a little bit more little bit simpler i think the only reason I, d- I i didn't pick it was a lot of what i love about this game is is in the is in the later one but it has its own feel it has its own vibe you will have a good time with it 
it has that amazing music collection though again a lot of that music is in ultimate but that, that's the problem with all smash now is like ultimate has just got everything in it and you have to kind of put that aside a bit yeah i mean i played loads of this uh against rich stanton got told off a lot um <laughs> loved that they added kid icarus i played his pit a lot we had a I want to say we had a Japanese import copy of this way before we had a UK version and Pit's different, the sound. He, he's either high, I can't remember if he's higher or lower in the UK one, but I remember when it came out, it really threw us because we were used to one version of Pit and then we had this other version. Is That's my one not very good brawl anecdote. <laughs> uh, but yeah, of course, Smash Brothers. Pokemon Trainer as well, I fucking love that character. Did they replace Pokemon Trainer with just Charizard in the Wii U one? Uh, maybe I'm wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure Pokemon Trainer was tweaked for the Wii they U sort one. Of, a lot of them sort of blur into a mass for me now, unfortunately. So Yeah. This one I remember just vividly because I did play through all of Subspace Emissary and I did play a bunch of the multiplayer. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a fan. I also think that, again, whenever I see people play these mini consoles they always if i see people with a mini snares they'll play mario kart first they just will um even though they know that that's not the best mario kart they can be playing so i think that this belongs on a mini console for that that reason um last pick then multiplayer let's just take wii sports um so thought about the beatles rock band for this actually um yeah yeah, it's not particularly nintendo really it's kind of like very multi-format and i played on xbox but i thought not actually a bad pick in terms of like a game that you can't really get now. Um, but I also thought that because you have to have the plastic controller with it, I would find that deeply unappealing to have one of those in my house in 2022. Um, so that's why I kind of discounted it, Matthew. Um, uh, yeah, wise. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go with Wii Sports. Uh, like a lesser pick than Wii Sports Resort for sure. But to a lot of people, the nostalgia of a mini console will be about playing this game that everyone played. And like, you know having a game of bowling and tennis and all the rest of it. Um, fun multiplayer times. I think that, like, in terms of pick-up-and-play multiplayer, turn on your, your mini console, the psychology here works. There wasn't, like, a load of other good options for this category, though, to be honest. Um, again, I, I, I just really didn't like the Mario Kart on this. I found it very unappealing and mm. would have been a bit of a weak source pick. Um, so I'll pick, I'll, I guess I'll pick, like, what is, to most people, the representative game of this console. Um and not and, and like not like I say, I would have preferred to have Wii Sports Resort, which I, I accept as a better pick. But I think for a multiplayer Wii experience, this this um, has a place for sure. Any thoughts? Mm. It's it's the definitive definitive Wii game. It, like even with my justification of thinking about the crossover games, I still almost picked it alongside Wii Sports Resort. I just think Wii Tennis is essential. You, you hear no complaints from me. Fair enough. That's me done, Matthew. So what's your final pick? It's multiplayer. This is such a pain. I'm not picking Mario Kart because I don't like Mario Kart Wii. I was surprised you didn't pick Wii Sports Resort for this category. Yeah. But then, you know, it's t- that other category's tough too, so... That's the thing. There's a lot of... Co- I, I just don't like a lot of the sports games. So the thing is, there's loads of stuff it would be selling out if I picked. That would that would feel like easier wins. So, like, Excite Truck, which I hate. Mario Strikers Charge, which I hate. The Mario sports games on this console were not good. I contemplated earlier and I thought, oh, wouldn't it be like such a dick move to t- try and take past Galaxy as a co-op experience? <laughs> that would have been very, very funny. Um, I'm <laughs> but surpri- it, would been, it would have been a dick move. Yeah, um, I, th- been- I think it would have been allowed by the rules. Have we been too polite in this draft, Matthew? Have we been? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think you've just quietly let myself let me sort of uh, hang myself. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is great. 
I don't. I don't think I did actually. I think I was like quite because uh, I, I I tried not to be super aggressive at the start, like yeah. I have been in previous ones. So I yeah, just think it's a little bit like Metroid, Two Zeldas, Mario Galaxy, Smash Brothers. I think <laughs> I, I, I I I'm not sure I've played played quite the blinder I thought I would. Here. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. Um. So uh, yeah. So now I've got to end it with a maybe. Uh, listen, I'm the, I'm gonna. I've got to be true to myself. I've got to pick a multiplayer game that we played on Endgamer and we really loved. It is underrated. It's a bit of an odd one. I'm actually going to go Boombox Splash Party. Oh, yeah, of course. This was... Um, I don't really know these games very well, but they were acclaimed, right? Yeah, they were. These, this was EA's partnership with Spielberg. He was working on a narrative thing and a party game. We got the party game. The narrative thing never happened. We got two of these. There was Boombox, which was... It, it, well, and, and this one, which was basically... Everything that's good about Boom Blocks kind of writ large. The short version is it's a big reworking of Jenga. It's a lot of like physics, interacting with the physics of these towers, trying to pull out blocks so that point blocks smash. There's loads of variations on this. There's there's heaps and heaps of games. Um, it sort of has as a as a multiplayer suite a bit of monkey ball energy in that it has this sort of simple core mechanic which is. You know, it's basically Jenga, and then it, it it riffs on it in lots of different ways. So there are ones where it's just about smashing stuff. There's ones where it's more of a shooting gallery. There's things where you're trying to set of chain reactions. There's things, you know, different rule sets, different criteria for scoring that that changes up the core of it. Um, I just I really liked uh, how polished this was. This was like. EA always went quite big on Wii. I, I don't think they got it right a lot of the time, but they they never really sort of skimped on their on their Wii originals. Like I didn't care for like any of the My Sims games, but they were quite handsomely made. They just weren't targeted at me. But this was very very polished, very fully featured. It had an awesome like level building suite, and you know basically an endless stream of downloadable levels. Once you were done with the hundreds that they included in it, I've written down in my notes. It's the Forza Horizon of Jenga games. Um, in that it just so fully explores the idea in single player multiplayer user created this is really big and rich very easy to play because it's all just like pointer controlled you're just pointing and then sort of flicking the remote to kind of pull things out but just big satisfying chunky style could have been a nintendo game some of the characters and framing are a little tacky and sort of westernized but you know the, the the core playfulness of tumbling blocks is feels very nintendo-esque to me we really loved it on the mag uh, we liked the first one but this one just completely blew it out of the water in terms of what it did not like a massive mega hit but i think it's something everyone will enjoy playing yep i think a good pick in that respect um a good discovery pick i i would have picked i was thinking about picking this for the puzzle category uh one of the boombox games i just yeah. hadn't i didn't have the experience of them but i did watch a bit of it on youtube and i thought that looks pretty cool actually um yeah the forza horizon of jenga games is like the most matthew castle kind of statement <laughs> i mean that is such an upsell <laughs> uh, <laughs> um no i think it's a good pick um yeah, for sure. Like you've got you've got like several good multiplayer experiences on your console. You've guaranteed that between this and um, Wii Sports Resort. So uh, very good, Matthew. Um, I don't think I red factioned it. I don't think so. No, um, which is good um, because this is your home turf, as we know. Yeah. So we've done it, Matthew. That's the draft. Like it was slightly longer than normal, but I think it was really, really good. Like there's some really fucking good games in there. Um, mm. Shall we recap and then we'll talk Let's about recap. some of the games we missed? Okay. So. Uh, for category one multiplayer, I picked Wii Sports. I picked Boom Blocks Bash Party. For category two uh, action RPG, I picked The Legend of Zelda: Twilight Princess. I've got Super Paper Mario. 
Category 3 platformer, I've got Super Mario Galaxy. I've got Super Mario Galaxy 2. For Category 4, sports or fighting game, I have Super Smash Bros. Brawl. I've got Wii Sports Resort. For Category 5, shooter, I have Ghost Squad. I've got Sin and Punishment, Successor of the Skies. Category 6, Wii Motion Plus game, I have The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. <laughs> I've got Red Steel 2. For Category 7, re-release or WiiWare game, I have Metroid Prime Trilogy. Hold on to your hats, I got Hydro Venture. <laughs> <laughs> That's got the whiff of red faction about it. <laughs> Though it is good. I'm saying I'm saying nothing. Um, for category eight, puzzle or survival horror, I have sh- uh, Silent Hill Shattered Memories. I've got Zack and Wiki, the Chris for Bavaris's Treasure. Category nine, wild card, I have The Last Story. I've got Trauma Team. Category ten, free pick, I have Donkey Kong Country Returns. I've got Metroid Other M. How are you feeling about those two lists, Matthew? I'm feeling good. I think that's an I think that's a, that's an honest list to me. There's nothing I'm embarrassed about. I should have maybe thrown in a couple of bigger Nintendo hitters, but I feel like we both justified our choices. Yeah, in an ideal world, I think I would have probably I would have had Mario Galaxy two, and I would have had Wii Sports Resort, um, and I wouldn't have had Skyward Sword. But otherwise, my list is what I wanted. So yeah, I, um, I wanted Last Story in there. And I wanted Metro Prime Trilogy. Didn't want Ghost Squad? It was definitely in my wild cards, but I think I like Trauma Team a little bit too, a little bit more. Fair enough. Okay, um, so what were there any games that you missed out, Matthew, that you kind of wanted a name check here? Just kind of... So for like, going slightly more into weirdo territory, I did think about Pandora's Tower. Yep. Uh, which is the Gambarian action RPG where you're climbing towers to get monster meat to feed um, your... I can't remember if she's your girlfriend or sister. I think girlfriend. She's turning into a monster and you basically have to feed her meat from these towers. Super odd. Like, only fine, I think. Like, not a very complicated action game, but it's got a bit of a weirdo quality to it, which is is worth a discovery. I'd definitely play it if it was on a mini console because I'd be like, oh yeah, that's 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 an odd one. Disaster Day of Crisis, which is oh, one yeah. of those soft, in- incredibly cheesy um, sort of action disaster survival game. Um, like an even sillier version of, what's the PlayStation series? Um, oh, um, uh, so, SOS or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's really dumb. It's like written like a big cheesy American action film and... Um, there's there's literally a point where you're chased by a firestorm and then there's a second fiery tornado and someone says, oh great, now there are two firestorms, um, <laughs> which uh, made me and Alex Dale laugh a lot because we were at the Wii House reviewing this. He was reviewing that. I was reviewing Wii Music next to him. So he had to play this really dumb action game to a soundtrack of me honking through like my grandfather's clock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Very good. And we had a huge bowl of sweets. I was so like off my face on refreshers that day. <laughs> it's, there's nothing more on brand for you than you reviewing Wii music while off your tits on sweets in the Wii, <laughs> in the Wii house. That's it like the most you <laughs> about Wii music and me. <laughs> <laughs> That's like you at the end of the noughties summed up. I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, um, I really like the Rune Factory on Wii Rune Factory Frontier. It's like probably my favourite of like the Rune Factory Harvest Moon games that I've played. There's the diving game, Endless Ocean 2. Oh yeah, that was quite pretty Super game. serene, like not got a lot of thrust to it, but it plays some really nice music that made me feel all soppy when I was playing it. I really like that. Um, I thought about Rhythm Heaven, Rhythm Paradise. Mm. Um, I thought you'd you pick that for multiplayer. Again, the only problem with that is like, 
like bar like maybe two of the games that whole game is in the 3ds anthology and i just i I don't know i think it would have been good i'm surprised he didn't take that for my player yeah maybe i should have done that it means a lot to me because obviously it was like the my the cover i did on nintendo gamer where i was like my dream magazine cover and the execution was brilliant i thought and did such a good job with it it's a a meaningful game to me not quite up there with the game that uh, led to me meeting my wife but um (laughs) close I just, I looked at Fire Emblem Radiant Dawn, but mm. I played this back in the day, and I just it, it just it was like more Fire Emblem. It just doesn't have anything particularly special about it. I I, I think that you know this is the game that sort of basically makes it sort of go away a bit, and then it kind of comes back on 3DS. Uh, or no, there was the DS one actually. When I played it, I was like, it feels like something else needs to happen here with this. Yeah, I think I thought about this too, but like, um, I, I don't know. I guess I know nothing about it. It's too expensive to get hold of. I just thought I'm not going to try and bluff it, so forget it. But that, you know, I mean, that would be one reason to include it because, like, Fire Emblem now is such a big deal again, and like putting this one that's quite hard to find on there, there might be some logic in it. But I just, uh, you know, I have played it and I didn't really have too happy memories of it. Yeah. Like, it's still Fire Emblem. It still has that baseline of it is a good Fire Emblem, but. It, it it didn't like come alive for me. The last two I sort of circled very briefly was Mad World. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Was that multiplayer? Maybe I could have gone with that for multiplayer. I don't know. And Punch Out, which Punch Out is like an oddity because I don't think they'll ever make another one. And it was quite handsomely made, but it's also like it's basically just a very glamorous NES game. And at the time, it was quite hard to justify because you felt like you played through it and you're like. Well, that's two hours of that, and then that, now what happens? Not a lot. It was. It wasn't like it was quite a hard sell. It felt, but maybe that would have made it a good contender. But I don't know. I, I don't think I loved it quite enough to, to warrant including it over some of the others. Um, so a couple of mine. Um, like I mentioned Muramasa. Uh, I mentioned No More Heroes. Like No More Heroes. If I was making a list that was purely me and like maybe less tactical, it probably would have been Free Pick instead of um, Donkey Kong Country Returns. Yeah. But I think that. I think I, I think I just I'm very no more heroes doubt after having it on um, Switch as well. So I don't think I nest. I, I just thought Donkey Kong probably would be something I'd prefer to play on there. Yeah. Um, just because I didn't like that 3DS version, like you said. Yeah. Um, so yep, yeah, the, there's that. Um, oh, I thought about um, <laughs> the game Let's Catch for the WiiWare category. Um, yeah. Because I, th- I thought and I thought about putting Metro Prime Trilogy somewhere else because there's there's two. Um, uh, Yuji Naka games that were on Wii that were pretty good, um, and I, I liked Wii, Wii Catch as a slightly unusual. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, Let's Catch as a slightly unusual I, kind of uh, Wii game. I contemplated Let's Tap for multiplayer because I do love it, but it's yeah. also maybe just too niche. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, not not loads else besides. To be honest, I got I've got pretty much got the games I wanted. Um, I yeah. think I think Other End was a good pick because um, I would definitely like want to play that if I had a Wii Mini. So. But I am really happy with my list. Actually, I think it's a good list. Um, should we recap them once more? Yeah, I think they're. I think they're both really strong. I wouldn't like to be the listener having to pick between those two. <laughs> should we recap them once more, Matthew, to see us out? Um, yeah, let's do it. So uh, for multiplayer, I've got Wii Sports. I've got Boom Blocks Bash Party. For action RPG, I've got The Legend of Zelda: Twilight Princess. I've got the Super Paper Mario. Just Super Paper, not the Super Paper Mario. It's just Super Paper Mario. <laughs> I've got, uh, for Category 3 platformer, I've got uh, Super Mario Galaxy. I've got Super Mario Galaxy 2. For sports or fighting game, I've got Super Smash Bros. Brawl. I've got Wii Sports Resort. Category 5 shooter, I've got Ghost Squad. I've got Sin and Punishment, Successor of the Skies. Wii Motion Plus game, Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. I've got Red Steel 2. 
re-release a WiiWare game, I've got Metroid Prime Trilogy. And I've got Hydro Venture. Category 8, uh, Puzzle or Survival Horror, I've got Silent Hill Shattered Memories. I've got Zack and Wiki, The Quest for Barbaros' Treasure. I realise I've said that name different every time I've said it, but <laughs> just, just move on. Category 9, Wildcard, I've got The Last Story. I've got Trauma Team. And uh, Category 10, Free Pick, I've got Donkey Kong Country Returns. I've got Metroid Other M. Oh, that was really good. A good draft, Matthew. I enjoyed that. That's Great draft. Loved uh, it. Loved yep. revisiting those games. Loved revisiting that era. Great stuff. So, back page pod on Twitter. Pinned tweet. Um, I'll put it up as soon as I wake up on Friday morning. Um, you can go vote for whether me or Matthew um, gets, uh, wins this draft. And as I say, our next draft is coming in February. That'll be the Game Pass competitor draft. We uh, build our own versions of Game Pass from different categories, and you vote on that. So, it's going to be fun. Matthew. Where can people find you on social media? Mr. Basil underscore pesto. I'm Samuel W. Roberts. If you'd like to email the podcast, it's backpagegames at gmail.com. And uh, we'll be back next week with uh, our mailbag, our third mailbag, Matthew. Yes. (laughs) See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you.